into the party wagon and hold on to your pizza. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Epic Tales from the Sewers. I'm your host, Justin, with my host, uh, my co-host, Eric. How you doing, Eric? I'm doing fine. How about yourself there, Justin? I'm doing great, man. We we are bringing back an absolute delight of a guest, friend of the show, and mm-hmm. for his second full appearance, Mr. Mike Ruth. Yes, hey, guys. Legend. <laughs> gotta love it. He's, he's represented the Epic Shells hat, so that's uh, that's just fantastic. Yeah, is that uh, the orange or the red one? I forget which one we that's the orange one. Yeah, I had to have the orange vibrant, (laughs) it matches the the most Viking beard. (laughs) Oh, the pin, too. Cool. Yeah, I forgot. Oh, yeah, I got the pin on there, too. Yeah, oh, other way. Yeah, there we go. There you go. Yeah, Uh, a lot, a lot's happened since we last talked. I think, um, I think we talked to you right before issue five dropped of Last Ronin. So, you know, yeah, um, yeah, I it, think it's I been had, a bit. <laughs> it's been a bit. I think I had just finished the Usagi Ojimbo cover, too, right? Yeah, that, or, yes. that was an absolute smoke show of a cover. Well, too. it was it was a, a preview. You you showed yeah, us a preview guys, of that bad boy before it came out. Right, right, right. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, lots happened since then. Um, it's been it's been a little bit crazy. Uh, was that a was that a big country comics or was that like Yellow Slow or, or Jolzar? Who, who was that one? Oh, the Usagi Jimbo. That was uh, that was Big Country Comics. Yeah. Oh, big, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I, I really enjoyed doing that one because um, the um, anytime I can draw a snowy scene, it means that I can really, really take the lid off the box when it comes to doing uh, remarks. Um, and I left myself some nice white pockets of space of snow on that on that cover. Uh, so that I could, um, you know, actually, I, gotta, I think I might have that. Gee, that's really smart, actually. Mm-hmm. So you're setting yourself up for your future works. Yeah, so you can kind mm-hmm. of kind of see that I'll get the glare off there. But um, all that white snow, I mean, I could draw weapons sticking out of the snow. I could draw people uh, hiding behind the uh, guardian, you know, the guardian dog here. I could, um, I drew, um, <laughs> I actually drew, in one, I drew a, a storm shadow. In oh, one. wow. Leonardo, they're around here somewhere. So That's, I've had some oh, pretty cool really remark cool. requests. I had three of them for my Dodge uh, Kickstarter um, that I had to fulfill. So that was pretty cool. Um, I'm not sure if we talked about the Dodge Kickstarter then. It, it may been, yeah, it may we uh, we 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 did we did talk before. about it a little bit. Yeah. And... I signed up. Hell yeah! Oh yeah, right on. This Same week. here. That was a that was a thrill to have that one go over so well too. That was a nice that was a nice surprise and. Uh, you know, yeah, man, it was, um, I'm really proud of the book. I actually have in my hands right here. I got my copies of the black and white edition, uh, sketch cover edition of issue three, which is the black and white, uh, interiors, the uncolored version. Oh, that's gorgeous. Um, and, uh, I'm really, really happy with how it came out. It was from a local printer as well here, uh, just literally across the street from me. So it's always nice local business and, uh, they did a beautiful job on these. They don't really do a lot of high-end uh, color stuff in terms of comic books, um, but because this book was black and white and I wanted a nice surface that I could draw on, it's got a really nice paper, so my artist friends probably won't yell at me too much. When oh, they good. Things. They'll actually kind of have a nice tooth to them, and um, and you'll be able to do some washes and whatever you know markers you want to use on them. So I tried to keep that in mind when I was doing these. And uh, anyway, sorry, I'm rambling, but uh, yeah, that's no, awesome because I, we 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 want to talk about Dodge. We want to talk about uh, that because um, that was that was a big thing 
kind of before when, when we we talked and it was like all right this is happening and then like since it's happened and the kickstarter was really successful dodge uh, for anyone listening who's just turning in for the first time dodge is essentially a werebear right and it, it's kind of like um i'd say it's it's uh an action comic that has uh aspects of the supernatural and and like the the super um action like gi joe sort of aspects of it um and, and wasn't it based on an image comic i i don't recall what the name was or something yeah dodge was for the character chris the animal dodge the main the main character he uh he shows up for the first time in a series called retcon and retcon is um is the series that like dodge kind of takes place in it's the universe that it takes place in uh the idea with retcon is that um it's the same adversary in every in every uh, arc. It's the same set of characters, more or less, with a few variants. And basically, the same action plays out, except you are in a different timeline or a different setting, different set of circumstances. In the previous time, they tried to defeat the adversary, and so it happens like that. Where if they if they're not successful, they get rebooted somewhere else. And so um, Dodge is kind of a. a retelling or a possible telling of uh, Chris the Animal Dodge's origins um, because when you meet him in Retcon, which I highly recommend, it's uh, Matt Nixon wrote that as well and uh, Toby Cypress did the interior art and uh, Matt Crotzer, our letterer for Dodge, he lettered it. It's just a, it's just a thing of beauty. It's a wonderful story. Uh, really, really cool ideas get introduced into it, but for whatever reason, Chris the Animal Dodge was kind of introduced as like a side character to introduce mm -hmm. the story. He's basically a guy who's kind of off his nut, and he's sitting in a kind of like a um, um, what do you call it? Like a, like a therapy session with a, like a group therapy session. But instead of like talking about addiction or whatever, he's talking about how like they had to like we had to kill monsters and we had to fight witches <laughs> and we had to do all this stuff. And everyone thinks he's just nuts. Um, but anyway, then the story kind of goes from there. And uh, yeah, man, it's it's been an awesome thrill to work on it. Um, you know, we really wanted Dodge to feel a little bit like that 1980s and 90s comic Venom. Um, oh, yeah. Yep. Which was also presented in black and white. I'd love to do Dodge in full-size magazine size, too. That would be, be crazy. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I didn't think I would um, – I, I didn't think I'd be drawing so much army stuff, so much military stuff, but um, I don't I, I don't feel like something I was particularly strong at doing. But you know what? It gave me lots of practice, and um, you know you always got to keep those other skills sharp. You can't always just draw a swamp thing and ninja turtles all day. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. you, have to, sometimes you have to draw tank treads or uh, you know webbing or you know whatever, right? So um, yeah, so there were some challenges with the book for sure. Um, also drawing all the interiors. Uh, is a much different, um, much different set of uh, gears than working from just doing covers. Um, whole different set of muscle group gets used drawing pages, and uh, much more time in the chair too. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you find yourself like um, looking for uh, like architectural references or anything else like that? Like, how do you go about when when you do like a building or something like that? Like, what's that process um, like? I um when I when I'm sort of doing it, I've never felt like doing really elaborate um, uh, perspective scenes is something I've ever been strong at, um, revealing some vulnerabilities here. But I, um, I I always like it when a story takes place in the woods or in the jungle or in the snow, <laughs> you know, um, because it is a challenge. It is a challenge. It doesn't. It just never comes second nature to me. So. 
Um, what I do is I tend to box things out as if I only had cereal boxes to lay out my scenes with and just try to think in terms of geometry that way. And then I'll start to th kind of um, uh, tighten down on the different elements um, and, and figure out what, what they're going to look like, what they're going to be. Um, and um, yeah, there's all kinds of tricks to doing it properly. I, I have a lot of bad habits when it comes to setting a scene. Mm -hmm. uh, I try to pick my shots very, very carefully. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's um, definitely photo reference is a, is a helpful thing. It's certainly for texture and for color and things like that. I very often do my own colors. So, um, um, yeah, it's uh, photo, photos are, uh, you know, it's every every person working in comics today is making use of reference in some capacity, you know, um, unless they're drawing in a very, very, you know, cartoony style. That maybe <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of uh that kind of understanding of, of scene google um, is your friend right oh yeah for sure for sure <laughs> I know there's all kinds of tools out there honestly um when it comes to doing 3d stuff just graph paper uh just having graph paper and doing a topographical straight down view of what a, a room or a or a, a, a compound or a alleyway or whatever the scene your 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 artwork is taking place in your story is taking place and just doing as, as if it was a game map from a from a straight on top view and then just building out from there um you know and uh you know you can, you can place cars you can place objects you know trash cans whatever's in there just just looking at it from, from pure, purely from a topographical view and then just kind of build up your thicknesses and your your way of thinking in terms of 3d and placing your figures in that space that's that's usually the biggest challenge is placing multiple figures in the space um but you know what? There's all kinds of tricks for that. I, I there's all, so many times I want to go back to school, but when I go back to school, I mean, like I want to go and hang out at like Leonard Kirk's house for a day and just watch him draw pages, or, or go to Tom Fowler's house and watch him lay out some crazy stuff on his pages. And people that just live and breathe comics full time, like interiors, like uh, just to see how they operate, because those guys. I mean, uh, I have I'm in awe of the comic book artists who for whom that is all they do is the interior artwork. It's a, it's a tremendous demand on, of your time and your wits. And oh, I, yeah. You know what I mean, it's, it's really, but your practice that you get would be like unbeatable. It'd be better than going, you know, it'd be better than training at a dojo. You know what I mean? It, be, <laughs> it really is. Like it's. We, the we best were saying this about, uh, about Eastman when uh, I was looking at the design guide for, the last Ronin and just looking at like the building and the cityscape that he did and everything and, and like the size models and all that. I'm like, he is so underrated when it comes to this stuff. And oh, well, yeah. I mean, I, I haven't seen him really do interiors until last Ronin. It had been like forever. He's just doing covers and stuff. But then you're like, wow, he is legit, man. It's yeah. And, and just like the silly stuff. It's like, look at that garbage can. It's a Kevin Eastman garbage can. Man. Absolutely, no. His style is so distinctive, for sure, and uh, mm -hmm. it's still it's it's gotten more distinctive now. And in, in a way, it's um, it, you know, you look at his older stuff, you look at his stuff now. There's a clear, you, you, it's, it's it's the same guy. You know what I mean? But there's there's a journey there. There's a story in those lines. There's a there's a whole lifetime in those heavy black inks he's using. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? Like there's there's stuff that just like rips me apart when I look at his work. I mean. I, I had the very rare and wonderful occasion to speak with him and meet him in person at Granite Comic Con. And uh, we only got about 15 minutes to chat or so, but it was uh, it was amazing. We talked about comics. We talked about drawing covers. And uh, 
talked about how, you know, I, I told him, I said, you know, I, I don't know why I told him this. And it was probably a totally weird fanboy thing. To say. <laughs> I just said, you know, you know, your enthusiasm, I said, your enthusiasm when you re re reveal new work that you've done for Marvel covers you've done projects that you're proud of, you know, turtle stuff, Ronan stuff that's coming out, new cover, this new cover, that variant covers all Kevin Eastman. And, and, and the, the enthusiasm with which he's like, here's my new cover, you know, here's a cover for the thing that I did. And I told him, I said, when I saw you do a cover for the thing that blew my head apart because that's my favorite character and the joy in your like, Oh my God, I got to do the thing comic. And he, laughed. he was like, Oh man. He was like, you know, when I, uh, when I was drawing that stuff and, and submitting my roughs, he's like, it was a nightmare. He's like, I would, I would sketch like crazy coming up with ideas for Marvel comics and send them off. And then I would like hide, I'd like hide, <laughs> like be afraid of, afraid of the phone ring. And I know that feeling. So it was really cool to connect with him on that level, just, just for a minute. But it was, it was something I won't forget because he was just, just a real dude, man. Mm -hmm. just a real guy that we just, we just hung out and chatted about comics and I love of comics. And um, I mentioned that I had done the wraparound covers. Like I didn't expect him to know who I was. I just said, I'd done the wraparound covers on a few, uh, of the variants and he was like i love doing wraparound covers he's like that's why we had to go with wraparound when we were doing the first you know couple books like we had to have those you know we had a big story to tell we wanted that you know do it on on, on the whole cover kind of thing so that's exciting it was really cool to chat with him yeah so sorry i, I probably jumped ahead there no that that's like that's like exactly what i was hoping to capture so <laughs> we, eric and i were talking and we're like you know what we need to get mike on to capture some of this like uh the energy and the enthusiasm from Granite. Oh, because, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're hoping to go next year. I, I couldn't go this year because oh. I'm getting married in, in um, uh, 11 days. That's so, fantastic, man. Congratulations. Holy moly. Mm -hmm. Congrats, Thanks, man. Dave. Yeah, it's, it's exciting. You know, uh, you know, second time's a charm, as, <laughs> as they say. <laughs> second time around, right? Hey, man, you know what? <laughs> love is love, man. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. <laughs> That's beautiful. No, that's good. That's good. Well, that's a very good reason to not, you know, to not be. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, I, no, I man, to, uh... um, honestly, I want to thank you guys because since the last time I was on your show, which was the first time, I have had such a massive uh, um, connection with uh, so many Turtles fans and uh, Eric sharing my stuff on the different fan groups and stuff and just. The, the love you guys show on my turtles post, man, like it, it just, it, it really does mean a lot to me. And, um, and the fan love for turtles, I, I had no idea. I mean, I knew it was powerful because I, I feel it too. And I'm a part of it too. But when, when I got to granite, that was a, that was a whole other thing. I had no idea. I really had no idea. And I spent most of that weekend just in awe especially on the first day, because the first day was kind of unique. And I'll, I'll tell you why in a sec, but it was, um, there was just something so crazy about it. There was something so, uh, oh man, I don't know how, I, I feel like I'm stammering here. No, you're, you're Honestly, it was, such a, it was such a, it was a, it was when I got to the venue and realized, oh wow, this is like, this is it's a hotel venue. Like I've been to shows like this before, but this is really nice. And they got two huge rooms. Like this is going to be a pretty big show. Not the biggest show I've ever been to, but I thought this is going to be a pretty big show. And then 
then the place just it, like it had this small show energy, like the small show status in terms of its location, but the huge show energy. And I had just come out hot off the heels of Toronto Fan Expo, which is the biggest show that we have here in Canada. Yeah, I had my best outing there ever, which was a really I wasn't sure how it was going to go because it was the first one back with where don't there's no mandates, no restrictions, whatever. Everyone's just in there, you know. And we the, the event was oversold, so it had like it had major issues in terms of population in the building. Oh, wow, there was it was a bit of a catastrophe in some some for some fans who were waiting hours to get in and missed all their photo ops because there was a fire marshal at the door counting heads because they had gone way way oversell way way oversold. Wow. So there was a lot of problems with that gigantic show, but. From my perspective, I didn't know about that until after the show was over. From my perspective, I sat there drawing all weekend long and was very, very busy um, and was very much looking forward to the energy of, of, of carrying that energy over to Granite, you know, not knowing what Granite was going to be like. And then getting to Granite and, you know, we, we pulled down the underground parking lot and, uh, you know, my wife and I are just getting our luggage out and I can hear all these voices in this dark underground, you know, our first trip to terrifying america in four or five years you know what i mean and we're down in this underground parking lot and i hear these voices and there's all these big thuggy looking dudes coming towards us in the underground you know these like big brawny guys and like you know and as they get closer i can hear they're all talking about turtles and uh it was like this mob of like bish kids and turtles i knew it <laughs> that, came the, that came to the uh that came to the you know my, my you know our, our vehicle and Anyway, it was just kind of it was just kind of amazing. That's how I met Randy for the first time in person. I know he's a friend of the show. Yep. And uh, Papa Sibo, uh, David, nice. uh, just an unbelievable guy. And uh, and yeah, the whole Bish Kids crew, man, Wade and all those guys. Like it was uh, Ben himself. I, I I met later on. And you know, Ben. Here's Ben. Walks right up to me. I've never seen the guy before. Comes up from behind me. Gives me a hug. That's how. We oh do. yeah. But just the nicest guy in the world, man. That that's that's been that's been I mean my experience with Ben like I was literally waiting in line for Kevin Eastman down in Lexington, and he looked at me and he says I recognize that beard. <laughs> he knew exactly who I was and everything because like I've had some personal conversations with like Ben. Be like this is like I started out when Bish Kids Club was like like I was like a hundred and forty something, one hundred fifty something, whatever, mm -hmm. and um. Like me and him, like he he sent me like some personal messages. We talked and we talked about some stuff, personal stuff or whatever. And I mean, he just he's just so humble. I mean, yeah, he, even yeah. though he's made it pretty decent, he's made it big in the turtle world, especially. Like he is, he is still humble. He's, I mean, Eastman is still humble, even oh, though dude. I mean, he's just so not, impressed, oh. so impressed by all those guys, man. Um, Honestly, like uh, you know, the whole the whole championship belt thing, like the we had a lot of fun with the heat around that, you know, just building it up and getting people interested, and I think it worked, and it was a lot of fun. But Ben was just so cool, and he was straight up like, "Okay, man, so that's gonna happen tomorrow. Just try not to hurt me." And I'm like, "No, no, no, I'm not. No, no, no. No one's getting hurt. We're just gonna go <laughs> and have fun. It's gonna be fun, you know." Um, he he uh, must have listened to our episode where you talked about palling around with Jim Ninehart. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, man, it was super cool. Uh, the the cool thing was too. Um, we we got upstairs after we unloaded our vehicle, 
and we were coming up to our hotel room and we were just checking in and that's when uh, Troy, we saw Troy Little. And uh, Troy's, a, Troy's an old friend of ours, um, you know, and uh, he'd be an awesome guy in your show too. Um, and and he will Troy, be at the Big Country Expo uh, in next month in November. That's true, that's true. Troy also is, of course, the artist of um, of um, uh, the Ragdolls book. Um, he did the artwork over over Eastman's layouts, which just made for a really, really incredible product. I think, like, I, I was just, I just really enjoyed it. I actually picked that book up, and uh, I, oh, shortly after we connected with Troy, we met David Avalone who is an awesome dude and, and of course he wrote he you know co-wrote or was attached to the um the um you know which one i'm talking about the uh <laughs> the one where the the um ragdoll ronins came from oh okay uh, uh, i was thinking uh, of little red ronin i'm sorry drawing blood drawing oh, blood, drawing okay. blood. Drawing blood. Oh. Sorry. i totally slipped my my no, uh, split decision my, guys yeah yeah, yeah. Um, awesome book, unbelievable book. Um, so, so it was cool to meet him and yeah, it was just, anyway, that was like within moments of just arriving at the hotel, we had already kind of collected these people and sat down to have a meal. And, you know, that's when I met Ben and it was just, yeah, I don't want to give you guys the whole play by play, but it was, it was, it was incredible just to, just, just upon showing up at the show to be, to be, to be greeted like that by fans never happened to you. And um, and just to walk around and see everyone's got turtle shirts on, everyone's got turtle nice. stuff, you know. And then the next day was the day, and you know, there was some kind of issue with the rooms, uh, the uh, the rooms where they were placing the different artists. So what ended up happening was all the turtles artists, luckily me included, we all got sent to this one room, which was basically like a pub kind of type, old fashioned style kind of saloon pub, off to the side inside the convention. Um, I can't remember, it was called like the Penstoke room or something like that. Anyway, it was a gorgeous room, all wood, beautiful, like, you know, a, a long wooden bar. And that's where all the turtles artists ended up. And, um, and I've never drawn so many turtles in my life as I did that day. <laughs> I, uh, it was all, it was all just remarks. You know what I mean? It was all just like quick remarks as quick as I could go, but it was, it was amazing. It was just like. <laughs> it was it was i've never seen such a focused crowd uh of fandom before um it, know, it's I'm interesting just... too because most of the time when i go to a con i see about a thousand guys dressed like deadpool uh <laughs> with a thousand uh gals dressed like harley quinn yep. and that's like that's like okay that's the most of what you'll see yeah so maybe maybe a couple spider-man and stuff like that but that's like like the most common element that i notice yeah know, but to see all that turtle stuff that would be really cool it was just mm -hmm. it was just incredible and the stuff people were bringing in the sign and just like oh man it was it was just really i can't say enough about it it was so it was so cool um tell us about this uh the championship belt uh match that you had there because <laughs> so i didn't was know fun how, to watch the pictures of <laughs> it was it was a it was a blast first of all i'd already had like friday was such a good show i, I went back to my hotel room and like ended up drawing remarks until a little midnight because I still had a bunch more to do. I wanted to be able to start fresh on Saturday because on the Saturday we had to change locations to a new room and set up somewhere else. And that's when I got to set up next to Ryan Brown, who um, is an amazing artist and an amazing dude and a friend of Ben Bishop's as well. And we got to, know, I, I've been friends with him for years on Instagram 
and which, never uh, which Ryan ever. Brown is this, by the way? Is this the oh. uh, God Hates Astronauts Ryan Brown? Uh, is this the original Mirage Ryan Brown? <laughs> there are two Ryan Browns. This there's like seven. Ryan, Ryan G. Brown. Yeah, there's a whole bunch, isn't there? This was Ryan G. Brown, Ryan Gary Brown. Uh, he is, um, he is, uh, oh man, I know he did a, I'm pretty sure he did a Ronin cover. I gotta look up uh, which one he is because I think I know which one he is, and I love that. Yeah, he did do a Ronin cover. I know who you're thinking about, but I just I can't. Like you said, there's too many like Ryan Browns. Yeah, because oh, we talked about this a while back. I think we talked about it with Randy. Okay, Randy, yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, we talked, and it was like it's not the original. It's not the original Mirage. Right, Brown. And, and but, they're both brown with an E. At the end, which is also yeah. hilarious. It's not like you. Can which eat. that throws everything off. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, anyway, yes. no, right. So this is the one I'm thinking of. He does a a, a great book called uh, "God Hates Astronauts." Okay, yeah. And um, it, it's it's so out there. Like he's, he's a called, character called like Tiger Eating Hamburger, and he's no. got layered cheeseburger. It's it's insane. <laughs> and he always has a cheeseburger. Called, uh, um, oh man. Uh, Murder hobo, something. Murder yeah. Hobo, yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah. There's uh, murder hobo, and um, he was doing another one with Charles Sewell, and and um. Oh man, yeah, he's really good. His work was so was like, good. Like swear words or something. I, I forget what it is. <laughs> curse, curse words, I think. He was doing these really cool things in his remarks too, where he was um he would take a cover and he would take some white paint, white whiteout paint actually, and he would basically just kind of rough in the shape of where you know he was going to put his remark. But he would like, you know, leave lines sticking out for like where he was going to have a sword handle or, a, you know, a weapon or something like this. Anyway, he made these really fantastic white shapes on these covers. And then he would just fill them in and draw like last Ronins in there. What? Huh. Super cool. I'm like, you're a genius, especially at a show. He was doing them quick and they looked really great. And I was like, I'm stealing that. That was the thing about the show. I didn't have to steal anything. Everyone was so kind. Like. Even Ben, when I sat up next to Ben, I was two or three tables down from him in the first day. And he has these fantastic signs that are like, they pop up higher than the table, but they don't actually obscure anyone's vision because you actually set the base of it on the table and you can set books around it and stuff so the base is invisible. And it's this beautiful horizontal banner that basically lifts up and Basically, when your day is done, you just lower it and it kind of lowers like a gate and blocks everything from your table. So, you know, anyway, I thought it was genius. And I'm like, oh, that's not and, and like everyone was like, oh, and right away, Ben was like, here, contact these people, like go get the sign from these people. You know, like right away, like there was no no secrets. It was just like, no, go here, get this. It's good. Wow. <laughs> you know, so that is kind of rare, isn't it? Was it? Really cool. It was really cool. Yeah. I mean, the comics community is generally kind of like that, but um, you know, for the most part, but uh, it was just, I don't know. I, I found that, that my treatment at that show by my peers and by the fans and by the organizers was just like, like something else entirely. And um, all, all weekend long, I was busy. And then yes, the Granite State Championship, which you asked me about 15 minutes ago. No, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> the Granite State Comic-Con Sketch-Off Championship is a belt that is a, a product of a, a, property of the show and it is uh ben was the champion uh was the champion and uh i went in there secretly in my heart knowing that i was going to win i don't nice. know why i just go i just went in knowing that i was going to win and i 
I don't win stuff. So it was cool to like go in and just like, I'm going to win. This is it. And uh, we, and I didn't know if it was just going to be one-on-one or if there's going to be a bunch of artists in. And thankfully it was really, really cool because we showed up there and I brought, of course I look ridiculous, right? I'm this visiting Canadian. I wander into this, this, this uh, room and I've got my backpack. My backpack is loaded with art supplies. I'm talking bags and jars of paint. I've got, I even, Erica, actually, my wife, she actually went out and grabbed a bunch of twigs and branches and a bunch of dead flowers. And, uh, oh, I had dead flowers sticking out of my backpack, too. And um, I was... You are actually Swamp Thing. <laughs> when I didn't know any of the artists. I hadn't met Eric Klaus yet. I hadn't met Chris Vance. I hadn't met uh, Santa Luco. I hadn't met... Um, who else was there with us? Oh, man. I'd only barely met Ben. I'd had chatted with him just briefly a couple times. Um, and Eric, I mentioned Eric Close. Yeah, there was, how many was there? There was four of us or five of us? Five of us, I thought. Oh, who am I? I, I remember Vance and Santa Luco. I feel terrible. Who am I forgetting? Uh, dang. Why can't I think of who it was? Oh. It wasn't it wasn't Steve Levine, right? He wasn't doing it. Oh, it wasn't Steve Levine. No, no. Uh oh man, I feel terrible. You know what? It's gonna be it's uh it's gonna be on my phone. Wow, where is it? Here? This is embarrassing. I uh I'll find it. Hold on now. Yeah, it was honestly it was a thrill of a lifetime for me. I didn't know who um no, I guess I named everybody. Yeah. No. Santa Luco, Eric Klaus, yeah, Ben Bishop, Chris Manson, myself. That's right. Yep. I was thinking there's five. I've only said four guys. Yeah, myself as well. I was also in there, and uh, it was it was a blast. So I had the dead flowers anyway. I didn't know who these guys were. I'm standing outside waiting to go in. The crowd's already sitting inside there, and I'm like, I brought dead flowers to draw with. <laughs> and Santa Luco kind of looked at me, and, and I said, well, one of them is to do the drawing with, and one of them is to lay on Ben Bishop's uh, grave. Nice. Uh, then they thought I was real serious, you know. But uh, anyway, it was it was pretty good. Oh my well, God. I mean, I mean, I mean, come on now. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, some of the stuff that you do, I mean, foreign <laughs> objects. I mean, they they I, in a sense they have to take you serious. That's just me. I mean, I did send you some. I sent you some uh, some. Um, what was it? Uh, turtle weapons for you yes. to yes, to yes. Have that. I've got uh, I've got this one here, which I'm, I think is going to be good. This is what <clears throat> oh, yep. that's uh, from the sewer kicking Donatello. Yep. Okay, yeah, that's what this one. All right, I wasn't sure. I actually I have a bag full of <laughs> sweet. Find it real quick. To be honest with you, Let's see if I have this bag. I didn't know what we were going to be drawing with or what the rules were. And I get there, and they gave us these amazing intros. This dude who, who I, I can't remember his name, um, he called us all in one at a time, but he actually wrote up these fantastic little wrestling promos. I think Randy uh, has something to do with those as well. Um, it was brilliant, though. It was just brilliant. And, it, it, you know, the crowd was, wasn't a giant room, but everyone was super into it. That's cool. You get up there and like I got this giant bag of supplies. <laughs> Everyone else has got a pen. They're like, oh. They get a pen. <laughs> and and the dude who was the host, he walks in and he hands out comic book backing boards to sketch with. And he comes to me and I'm just like, comic book backing boards. I'm like, 
they had an AV system. I'm like, is the AV system on? Are they going to be able to see what we're drawing? Like, can we show it on the AV? They had a big screen and everything. He's like, oh, I don't know if we have that running yet. I'm like, all right. Well, I leaned over and I looked down at the row of the guys and I said, do you guys want to draw on some real paper? Like, you want some big paper? They're like, no, no, we're fine. I'm like, are you sure? Because I have Bristol board. I got plenty to go around. One for each of you if you want. Draw nice and big. They're like, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. I said, okay. So I put the backing board down. I put up this huge sheet of Bristol board, right? <laughs> well, I didn't know what we were going to be drawing. So the first challenge was uh, Mondo Gecko skydiving. Yeah. And um, we had 10 minutes. And I was like, oh, damn, 10 minutes. All right. Well, no time to do anything fancy. So I just like quickly scribbled a gesture and pencil. And then I grabbed my brush pen and just started to lay in some shapes and go. And everyone was doing these nice little detailed drawings, you know, and they're beautiful. Like I'm sitting next to these guys and I'm looking, I'm like, holy moly, like all these cats can draw. And mine was real big and messy, but it was big. And so when the sketch was over and the 10 minutes was over, we had to hold them up to the crowd and get a response from the crowd. Well, everyone's holding up these comic book sized boards, right? And I'm holding up something that basically was like this, right? <laughs> so Anyway, I uh, it was all by crowd approval. I had a feeling it was going to be like that. So. Oh, nice. I Anyway, I brought my secret yellow paint in case the big paper didn't quite do it. Didn't have to crack out the yellow paint, though. Um, but yeah, working, work, working bigger worked to my advantage because everyone could actually see what I was drawing and without having to walk up and get a look kind of thing, right? So um, anyway, it was super cool. And uh, the first that was the first challenge. I made it to the second round and then in the second round we had leatherhead uh it was casey jones grocery okay. shopping yeah that's what grocery shopping and that's so where dinner got that so i just drew like a big giant casey jones with two huge garbage uh, grocery bags walking down the aisle <laughs> and, uh, but again everyone was drawing on these small backing boards right so so i think i won that round and then the third round was uh, yoga. It was uh, Leatherhead doing yoga. So uh, <laughs> the funny thing was I drew my Leatherhead in uh, tri um, warrior pose transitioning into triangle. And uh, I forgot to draw his tail. And the other artist had actually done cool stuff with his tail, like him doing yoga, but the tail's involved somehow, right? I forgot to put a tail on him. I just forgot. And uh, anyway... They went by crowd approval, and the crowd decided that they liked my big drawing better than the tiny, really good drawing inside <laughs> me. Because um, there's no way I was drawing anything better than those guys. Those guys were, all of them were really good. Like, all of them are just like, it was just an honor to sit up there with those guys. They were fantastic to, to, to draw with. Like, it was just amazing. Um, I, I was just thinking how, like, the deck is stacked against you because it's like, yeah, we're going to put you get with, like, the guy who drew the first appearance of Mondo Gecko <laughs> and, like, the guy who drew the miniseries. And it's like, it's like, it, oh, was, uh, it was, it was crazy. It was crazy for me. Uh, and the crazy thing was, I'm, you know, I'm a Turtles fan for sure, but I, I wasn't super familiar with Mondo, Mondo Gecko. I thought my brother may have had the action figure. I couldn't remember exactly. I didn't know the character well enough to just know what he looked like off the top of my head. So I had mm -hmm. to do a quick photo reference on him. But um, I managed the other things okay. And then while everyone was cheering, 
um, I sat down and while the host was kind of talking to the crowd, I very quickly and uh, without like did, did the old no look tail and I drew a tail on my, <laughs> on my I didn't want anyone to go home with a leather head that didn't have a tail. Um, so so what did they do? Did they auction these off afterwards? No, they kind of gave them like uh, they each round they handed them out um, uh, through a trivia question or something. Oh, okay. Oh, it was actually, cool. a, it was actually a Dodge trivia question that won the guy. I think the final one, which is pretty cool. That's oh, um, that's great. I had done a very quick like talk about Dodge and just said it was, you know, the short form was it was kind of like uh, Hellboy meets GI Joe. And so he asked the crowd member, like, uh, what comics did Mike reference in a, as an example of what Dodge is like? And one guy remembered, so that was good. Uh, and he was a Bish kid, too. Oh, the the Bish kids was uh, was unbelievable because, uh, well... It's not a cult. Some people say it's a cult. <laughs> I wasn't going to be one of those people. But then I did see it operating in front of my eyes. And I never saw anything quite like that. I've been doing this a long time. Uh, <laughs> I've never seen any kind of fan love like that young man has. That was uh, that was something. That was really something. Um, not in a creepy way, in a cool way, because everyone's really cool. I've I've known a thing or two about cults in the past, <laughs> art, art cults and uh, otherwise. And uh, that one, that's that's something special he's got going on there. I was, um, I didn't know how quite to define it. It's like everyone just like, but it's not a cult, you know. <laughs> it's like kind of casual they have name badges and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of the casual acceptance that it's yes, it is, but we won't call it that because uh, cult has an ickiness to it. Uh, but um, <laughs> so, you know what? They're all awesome people, and I got it's like a grown man support group almost <laughs> yeah it is it is, it is man. you know what it would only be truly a cult if uh if those guys didn't all bust his balls as much as they did because uh oh bill bill is bill is the, the biggest time. Time. everyone gives him the hardest time and he takes it all with such stride yes and uh you know they were cheering i mean i won like their champ is there their champ has the belt and i'm there with and i'm there with the champ's buddies who i've never met and the Bish kids cheered me to victory in that in that sketch battle wow. uh, because they filled up the room. And I mean, when I I mean it's 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 crazy for me to to be such a giant wrestling fan my whole life and to always want to be a pro wrestler or an artist and then to come to a place where I'm drawing my some of my favorite characters that have ever showed up on the page, and then to get recognized in a sketch battle against guys who draw those characters for a living too. Um, it, it it was it was win or lose. It wouldn't have mattered. It was just amazing to be there. But then when they when Ben comes over and handed me the belt, he kind of like crashed it onto me, and um, I'm holding the belt over my head, and man, the room, the air shook like the air shook like I'd never experienced anything like that. I've been to Motorhead concerts that didn't wow. feel, that didn't feel that much power, you know. And then man, it was just so cool. I I just. Uh, I walk out of there with the belt and everyone was just awesome. And like everywhere I went, people were like, it was just, it was just the greatest day ever. <laughs> it, was, it was fantastic. Cloud nine, huh? I did all my sketches the rest of the day for free after that. I probably should oh, no kidding. That, but I just uh, quietly didn't charge anyone for sketches after that because I wow. kind of like uh, on cloud nine and I, it lasted a long time. It was, it was a shame to, um, 
you know, it wasn't a shame to leave the show early. We didn't leave the show early, but I, it would have been nice to hang out and party with all those guys on Sunday night. But uh, we wanted to, we had a long drive home. So we wanted to try to get to the coast on the Sunday night and have a night to chill, wake up in the morning and maybe jump in the ocean for a minute before we have to drive up to Canada. So, um, but next year, I, you know, I wasn't sure if I was going to come back next year, but now I have to because I have to defend the belt. Plus, oh, yeah. you guys might be there, which will be oh, yeah. awesome. Absolutely. I, I actually talked to him today, so I, I was I'm getting my table set, and I'm I'm hoping that you know if there's a turtles room that we could be in it. You know, oh, oh <laughs> for just sure. be in it <laughs> for sure. You got to be in it. You got to be in it. the content. You guys would be able to, you know, you guys could interview the fans at that place. That was oh, the yeah. most amazing thing to me, man. I'm sitting there and I'm doing sketches for people's books and I'm signing autographs and it just feels like magic, you know. But I'm signing books for people who are in their seventies. I'm signing, I'm signing toys and things like that for kids who are like, you know, like younger kids. Like it was a, a fan, a fan like love that just spans and they were so focused. Cause I mean, I'm, I'm an old, I consider myself an old turtles fan. And there was guys who were probably like, I mean, turtles came out in 84. So I was like nine when I first discovered them. And there was probably guys who were 15 in 84 guys who were 20 in 84 who picked those up and loved them. So there I am signing book for guys who are 60, guys who are older than like you know. It was it was amazing. I met a I met a a young woman who I don't want to guess at how old she was, but she um, she out of nowhere like became a huge Dodge fan. She found out I was coming to the show and wanted to suddenly learn about Dodge and bought a stack of Dodge pages out of my shop because she wanted me to be able to pick them up for me in person and meet me and stuff. And that was, wow. I never, I never had that kind of thing happen at a show before. Like, like before a show, like total strangers, like, Hey, you're coming to the show. Well, I'd love to get this. If you can bring it. And I'd love to know more about Dodge, like bring some stuff to tell me about Dodge, you know? And so that was huge, man. That was huge. Um, and she's a fish kid. And I was oh. like, this is incredible. You know, when she, she's an older lady than I am, you know, but, uh, I just thought that was amazing. I just, I mean, that, that kind of diversity in fandom. I thought I thought that was just such a cool thing to see on display at a show like Granite. You know? Yeah, it's it's a special place. And, it really mm-hmm. is special. It really is. And I mean, when I was getting caught up, I didn't know anybody down there. So, like, you know, we were waiting for the rolling carts and stuff to help, like, to, to move our boxes of books around and stuff. And we were borrowing the hotel's rolling carts and stuff like that. I got to meet people while basically waiting in a queue to get a rolling card so I can set up my table. And everyone I met, different vendors, some people were doing board games, some people were doing their own artwork, some people were doing, you know, comics, whatever. A lot of them were saying, this is my 10th year coming. This is my 14th year coming. This is my 15th year coming. Oh, I never missed this show. Oh, I live in New York City, but I never miss Granite. Oh, I live over here, but I never miss Granite. And that getting that kind of feedback from everybody, I mean, it was across the board. So yeah, it was an impressive show. I could, I we could dedicate a whole two episode thing to Granite. Like I, it's so cool. Honestly, man, I went home with such a buzz, just just feeling good. You know, it, I was. I'm not gonna say I was in a rough place before I got there, but it's been a challenging summer. Let's just say that. And uh, I feel like Granite cured a lot of things that were ailing me. I feel like it. Uh, I feel like it just yeah, it, it healed a lot of things. Uh, knitted up some knitted up some wounds, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, can't really explain it, but it was wonderful. 
sometimes sometimes you got to get away got to get away sometimes and i mean it yeah. makes you makes you feel better and what other better place to do it it was pretty much at granite i mean yeah, it's, it it's turtle fans and yeah. you know as you know there's quite a few people that you know you've got introduced to through you know the the turtle groups and stuff and yeah. you got to meet them there yeah and Got like, to meet Rob Denner, man. That was awesome. I yep. mean, I, I've known Rob now a couple of years online, like, you know, through tags and Sketchomania and things like that. Uh, mm-hmm. And then to meet him in person, that was fantastic. And I mean, he had all this cool stuff. Like, he was getting signed. He had that big check that he rolls out. Yeah. I've seen that. <laughs> I got to draw big Casey Jones on that. But then I felt bad because there were some really good drawings that went on there after mine. And I was like, damn, I want to go back. So next time I see him, I'm going to do something else on there or something. Yeah. Rob, Rob's got the best Casey Jones stuff that exists. Yeah, he does. And, and I mean, it, it's like not even where it's like, like, oh, well, what's the concept? Oh, it's X Files, but it's Casey Jones. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, what did you just say? Yeah, okay, you know, and, yeah. and it's like, I mean, you see, you talk about like Casey Jones with grocery bag and stuff like that. Like, I, I just saw like some of the other stuff that he came back from New York Comic Con with, and I'm oh, like, yeah. man, Rob, you're the I best know. dude. I know he's got some awesome stuff. Uh, he got respect. Casey Jones is his favorite comic book character, like at all. And, and I'm like, you have to respect that. Oh yeah, absolutely. He gave me one of those, um, one of these to, uh, it's one of those covers that's just black, but it has the different oh, yeah. masks on there. And it's from 2015 or something like that. Or 20. Yeah. Yeah. It's a jetpack one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What you're talking okay. about. So, uh, yeah, I, I did that little sketch with the pencil crayons on there. It was kind of tricky to draw on this stuff, but, uh, but yeah, that was kind of fun. So that's for Rob. That's getting mailed to Rob. That's beautiful. I'm just gonna wait for his, for my Dodge books to show up, and then I'm gonna mail it down with his stuff. Uh, oh, that that makes sense. All my yeah. Dodge stuff should be here. It's, I got notifications, so it's at the mailbox. It's probably a huge box, which is why they couldn't deliver it today. But uh, I should have my my box of Dodge, so I can start shipping out all those orders. I, meant to yeah, have I, I saw my my three issues that they uh, they sent me something that said, "Hey, uh, confirm your uh, your address." I'm like, "Okay, yep, no problem." I got that yeah. too. Like, oh, nice. <laughs> Yeah, man, I'm super excited. I uh, I really am. Um, it's so good to get that book out in everyone's hands. I'm I'm super proud of how it came out. Uh, my good friend Danny Harrell uh, actually stepped in and helped me color a few pages. Um, the first five pages of the book are a flashback sequence, sort of, and I and I wanted them to just have a different feeling uh, than the rest of the book. So I, yeah, he, Danny did the flats for me, and I rendered on top of his work, and it was it was really nice. Um, he did really, really nice stuff. So I can't wait to see them because I, I've seen the PDF, but I still haven't got the physical copy in my hands yet. So <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty excited. I feel like, uh, like you know, it's a, well, what does is, what is Hugh Rookwood always say? Like uh, schoolboy on good times or something like that. Like uh, <laughs> it's, just, uh, it's just, yeah, man, it's exciting when you see something you put your heart and soul into come to flesh and it's in your hands. And you know what I mean? You can you can start to spread the story around now, you know? So, yeah. And, and I mean, speaking of that, I was, I was thinking of that issue 132, which just came out. Yeah. Eric just got his hands on it. I, I have mine on the way. Thank you, uh, Justin, you know, shout out to Justin, yep, but, yep, uh, yep. you know, okay. um, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, what did that feel like? Just looking at it because it's like, it's not just a, a last Ronin variant. This is like an actual regular series stuck in the cultural zeitgeist. You yeah. know, it's, it's um, huge man it was huge for me honestly i mean weirdly weirdly bigger than ronin and uh angelica you know my first my first time out to bat with jenica 
I mean, I, I loved on the Jenica cover actually that it had the classic, you know, logo, the TNT logo on top. That that meant a lot to me to see that. But yeah, just the straight up, just a straight up cover, man. It's a it's a pretty cool feeling. Um, a huge honor for sure. I uh, I don't know. It's uh yeah, it's one of those things you just want it to last forever. You know, it's a uh, it's a cool. It's so good too. Like. But, uh, <laughs> And I brought the original down with me to the show, and it now belongs to a bitch kid, and uh, and that was really. I cool. think I know who that is. Yeah, <laughs> and um, man, it was yeah, it was just great. Um, weirdly, I had a ton of turtles books there, but mostly people seemed to be interested in artwork. I didn't. Okay. I didn't sell a, a, a huge pile of books. I did. I did move quite a few Vashon and uh, number fives because they were, you know, they're variants you can only get from either Justin or I. Mm-hmm. Um, and a couple of my yellow snow variants too, but um, yeah, I ended up. It was weird. Like uh, Friday, we sold some books, but then after that, it was mostly just people coming after me for art. So either way, is good for me. Good for me. It was. Uh, it was. It was an amazing show. Um, but yeah, one thirty-two was out, but there was also a variant that I think Randy had for one thirty-two as well. Um, mm-hmm. So there might have been a few one thirty-twos that that weekend. <laughs> He did. He did mention this, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Freddie Williams, I think. Yes, oh, Freddie. Yeah. Yep. yeah, and that's my one of my big regrets of the show. Actually, I, I don't have very many. One of them was stopping to get Taco Bell in Maine on the way home. Uh, but uh, my only other regret of this show was uh, was not meeting Freddie and, and his lady. I uh, I didn't get a chance to get over and say hello, and they were only four or five tables down. Um, it was that kind of show, though. It was a busy enough show that. Uh, I mean, I was sitting back to back with the Escorza brothers. I didn't even really know. You That's know what crazy. I mean? We had about eight feet behind me. Like, we had quite a lot of room. Like, we had a wonderful amount of space. And they were sitting facing the other way, back to back with me. So, like, at one point on Saturday, I'm like, I have to go over and say hello. This is ridiculous. Like, uh, they're literally in the same airspace as me. And I, I, I can't believe I'm talking <laughs> these guys, you know? It was it was pretty yeah it was pretty awesome. Uh, I didn't get to meet everyone I wanted to meet, um, and I was sitting there with them all. Like they were all there. Jim Lawson was there. They're all just sitting within, you know. Yourself. I hear he is the nicest guy ever. Yeah, and I never I never really got to got to chat with him. Uh, I got to chat with Ciro quite a bit. He was sitting next to me. Uh, amazing guy. Holy moly! Watching him draw was a thrill too. Yeah, he's got um, such a cool style, and, yeah, and I mean, so now you you see it everywhere. But like, he came up with that, and it's like, well, what? it was kind of revolutionary in the way that he redesigned the turtles, right? And I don't think I realized he was that guy until like halfway through Saturday, and I was like, oh wait a minute, I think I know who this guy is now. You know, I I, I just I you slip a copy of Dodge into his hand. <laughs> Sorry, you slip a copy of Dodge into his hand to be like, hey, <laughs> oh, this is it. Yeah. Tell your friends at Nickelodeon. What did you do? Yeah, right? I wonder, you know. I regret that I didn't get to chat too much about Dodge. I really wanted to, if I could have, if I could have had a few drinks uh, with uh, with that whole crew that night, I would have definitely brought up Dodge to uh, Mr. Eastman because uh, I know Matt has some ideas about a Dodge, Dodge TMNT crossover that we'd love to. Oh, man, yes. Yes, 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 yes. Make, make, um, make, make happen. <laughs> it, would be, it would be too much fun to do, and it would fit kind of perfectly. And I know Matt is brilliant, so Matt, I'm sure, has a story that would just be like, you know, I'm sure it would fit perfectly. So we'll see. But um, I, hope, I hope to see him at other shows. I, um, I mean, that's something that you, maybe you could pitch to Ben 
and yeah, you know what? You know, they're all cool. in here or yeah, they're all cool guys. Like I, yeah, man, uh, yeah, I can't wait to see them all again. I'm glad they all had a great New York Comic Con. I I always, if I'm not at New York Comic Con, I always disappear from social media for a few days because I get the uh, I get the blues big time. The, the FOMO. If you're I, missing out. I used to love doing that show. I did that show like five years in a row when I kind of just got really got my wheels under me in this business. And it is a very unique place. It's a for for, for connection with publishers and other other creators. It's yeah, that's their pretty, pretty interesting. There's just a different energy about New York City. Plus, you recognize street corners that you saw in Daredevil comics and stuff, you know. And it's like it's what I, how do I used to always put it? Uh, New York is my favorite fictional place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see that. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's such a character, too. Like, if, if you go back and watch Taxi Driver, and then, and then you watch something like like Zoolander, I, I don't know, something like that, like, that's, like, a lot, uh, you know, more recent, and you're like, oh, wow, it's still that same weird corner. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. Um, it's a, it's a high-energy show. I haven't done it in a long time, so I was always, I'm always, like, a little sad when I'm not there. Uh, but then you know the Monday comes and it's fine. I, I go back to my life and I emerge. I don't <laughs> you, know. you come out of your cave. <laughs> you Canadian, you know, Ooh. New York that always makes it tricky. Is New York Comic Con traditionally runs the same weekend as Canadian Thanksgiving? Oh, okay. Uh, so there was a few years there where I didn't see my family for Thanksgiving because I was in New York City, which they understood. But I always, you know, it's it's always been a big deal for us, and so uh, I always kind of hate missing it. Um, so it was nice to have Thanksgiving with my family instead and not go to New York Comic Con. That certainly makes it feel better. Um, but, uh, yeah, anyway. <laughs> oh, that's that's pretty cool, actually. You know, well, those guys had a good show, though. That was uh, looks like Randy and all those guys just had a blast. And I know they would. You can't not have a blast at that show. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. But you know what? Honestly, there was something about Granite that I prefer over shows of that magnitude. Because um, the attention and the love that you get at a show like Granite is measurably more and more focused than it is at a show like New York, even if New York has 10 times the people. Um, there's just something different. There's more space. You're, you feel like you're at a big show, but you have room to breathe. And it doesn't take you a half an hour to go to the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's got none of those big show... Uh, horror stories and all of the love all the energy so yeah it's well, well you mentioned going to see motorhead right you, you ever get to see motorhead or, or another group in like a club as opposed to like at a, like a big coliseum yeah and most of the people are there not because they got comp tickets and and they're there to see a show they're there to see the group mm -hmm. I, I saw blue oyster cult in a circumstance like that and it was like 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 the stage was like knee high they were right there and all that was there like between us and them was like a net you know, and it was like everybody there knew the songs, knew knew the band, everything. It was just insane. And it was just great. Oh, it was yeah. that sort of energy. And I'm like, oh, man, I just love Voice Cult. <laughs> yeah. The first time I saw Motorhead, um, ooh, the first time? Was it the first time? Yes, it was the first time. Um, very, very small, filthy little club. Um, horrible little, like, shack of a warehouse kind of place. Sounds like a Motorhead show. And, yeah. uh, and I don't know if there was even 80 people in the place. You know what I mean? It was super It was super weird. Um, I don't know if the show wasn't advertised or what, but I remember showing up there and being like, oh, right on. So we were just right there at the stage. And yeah, same thing. Stage was like knee high. Like they were right there. 
Lenny walked out with his weird white plastic cowboy boots that he had, and, <laughs> and uh, just looked like like. And, and of course, he walks out, and there's a wind machine, so his hair is just going oh, wow. all the time, right? And he just gets into position. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it was, this guy played bass for Hendrix. <laughs> just amazing, just amazing. Yeah, every time I saw him was good. But seeing them in a small venue was was wicked. Um, that's that's that energy, man. It's like best, you got that that oh, sort yeah. of energy. The best time I think I ever saw Moritz. I saw him so many times. It was so great. But when they came to my hometown of St. Catharines, uh, that was just an unheard of thing. It was just it was mind boggling that they would come. You know, that was like '96, I think '95 or '96, and uh, they showed up. And we had this outdoor venue uh, that was near this uh, old truck station that got converted into like a flea market, an outdoor flea market. And there was a huge pavilion tent, like an old circus tent. So it was all held up by guy wires and ropes and stuff like that. Anyway, that's where, that's where Motorhead played. And they played wow. uh, Tiamat, which was amazing to see Tiamat. Um, they traveled very far to come to our small town of St. Catharines to play. And, oh, smokes, uh, Black, Sabbath, uh, Black Sabbath, but it wasn't Ozzy and it wasn't. No, it was Dio. Right. It, was, uh, it was Tony Martin, actually. So okay, All we right. used to joke and call it Brown Sabbath because they weren't quite as heavy, or maybe yeah. like dark gray Sabbath. You know what I mean? Not quite black, Sabbath, <laughs> you know. But it was good. It was good all the same. Um, we just thought it was lame that they were the main event because Motorhead destroyed everybody. Oh yeah, um, it was just it was unbelievable. But uh, yeah, man, that was a good time. Caught a guitar pick, not one of Lemmy's, but I got one of Zoom's guitar picks. Well, that's still really and, awesome. Um, yeah, it was a good time. That was, yeah, it was, <laughs> man, that started a thing. That put a bug in my head. And then after that, I just kind of followed them around. Like, if I could get there, you know, if I could hitchhike, if I could tie a skateboard to the back of a van, I would, uh, I would get to, back to the future style. Yep. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> yep. Oh, that's awesome. Oh. Yeah, I know that was good. It was a good, good, fun band to chase around. But yeah, that's yeah, yeah, that's cool. And that's what that was. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the 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 grand the, the smaller venues sometimes when it comes to comic cons can be a really nice surprise, really really wonderful surprise because you get that focused audience, you get to have the conversations, the conversation mm -hmm. where that fandom begins. That's where the love for your work or for your fans really grows is when you get to have those conversations, real people conversations when. People come to your table and they realize that you're just a regular nerd, like just a regular guy that loves wrestling and toys and you know whatever, like comic books. You know what I mean? Like, did you really draw a Swamp Thing with a little piece from the Swamp Thing figure? <laughs> like, yes, I did. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> yeah. I actually we did a there was a demo thing at the Fan Expo. We did a, a sketch panel where it was me doing sketches with found objects and I invited the crowd to bring found objects uh, for me to draw with, provided they were sanitary, you know, yeah, nothing really weird, like, uh, but I still got some weird stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is a pickle. This, this is, is my boyfriend's old toothbrush. And I'm like, that's cool. I don't actually want to touch that, but that's cool. You can put it there. You know, and then I had like a pill, a case of like a pill case, like, you know, for your daily vitamins or whatever. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. A little weird stuff like that. But I was dipping them in ink and trying to make marks with them and <laughs> drew a swamp thing with a, a piece of like a chip of wood that a guy brought in, like a little chip of petrified. He just happened to have a. I like this. Yeah, <laughs> wood. I want to draw with some wood for sure. But 
Well, you never know. It's like it's like that old let's make a deal thing. I mean, um, when, when we when we saw at uh, C2E2 two years ago, Jim Lee was there. And um, you know, he, he was talking to people. He's like, oh, does anybody have nail clippers? Somebody comes up with nail clippers and they end up leaving with a Jim Lee Batman sketch. Amazing. You know, oh, my gosh. It's, it's just like, dude, that's you never know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry, but the the, the toenail clipper. Ah, I don't know about that one. That, no, it was it, oh, okay. That, it, it was like a little. Uh, it was a little one, like a little. Uh, it doesn't matter. It's yeah. <laughs> that's a little bit. That's a little bit intimate. Yeah, yeah. yeah, this, yeah this was I this mean, was literally the month before COVID hit. So it was. Oh, like, yeah, I think yeah. he has a foot fetish. That's just that's just my. Guess. Oh, jeez, I, I don't oh. know. <laughs> You know, you know what? With, with, you get to have those cool experiences with creators like that you really admire. I mean, I, I still have them sometimes too. And it's always the fanboy never dies. Like I, I honestly like, like <laughs> when I knew that Troy was at the show, I knew that him and Kevin were friends. Like I knew that they, they worked on projects together and they were friends. And I was like, I wonder if I wonder if Troy would introduce me to Kevin. And when I saw them talking, all I did was I kind of did like this. A meandering walk around the, you know, just to kind of eventually end up in in his eye in his line of sight, you know. And then Troy was like, "Hey, Mike, come on over." And I was like, "Yes, nice." <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, pretty awesome, man. Was, uh, oh, that's so great. Uh, it was just a cool. It's a very cool experience. Yeah. I, I know uh, one thing that Eric and I had talked about. We always mentioned that if we got you back on, we would we would discuss this, but. Um, there's this one point, and I feel like things turned the corner at that one point. And it was uh, when, right when um, issue five comes out, and you're you're doing uh, a sketch cover, and the sketch cover ends up being the Ronin versus like the sickest version of uh, the Oroko Hiroto Shredder that I've ever seen. <laughs> and um, I, I mean, just like that, that to me was like this guy's on another level, man. Oh. You know, man. You remember you remember that one Eric that, that we're talking about? It was a sketch cover for number five, and I think it was a tag. So, uh, you know, things are getting sketchy. Um, oh, you just like you smoked it. It was just like, oh my god! At each other, yeah, yeah, yeah. And background. So that was actually a very very big piece. That was uh, yeah. It wasn't on a sketch cover, but it was. A oh, it wasn't piece. okay. It was an eighteen by twenty four piece, but it was right around the time that number five came out. We were kind of celebrating the launch of number five. I think. Mm -hmm. I think. Something like something. No, like no, because it was because it was that uh that was a uh, um because that you, you're talking about the one that were uh Ronan and uh Shredder were fighting, right? Yeah, yeah. This was this was uh this was after the release of five. Okay. So what? It, it, yeah, it was after. Because me and you were talking. Remember, remember me and you were talking about that one. Hmm. And because you were like, because I remember you were like thinking about some ideas, and I was like, well, what about? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's that. Yeah, so that that's right. Yeah, the red one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, are you talking about the big red one? Is that what the one you're talking about, Justin? Yeah, the big. I, yeah. I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because I, um, because that actually was won by one of the guys that actually lived right near me. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember that now. Yeah. Yep. I remember. Yeah, that one was huge because that one went for more than I've ever had an auction go for. In my life, yeah. I I could see why and they were fighting. fighting. Yeah, they were. Yeah, it was it was it was nasty. It was nasty. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, and that was. Yeah, again, I, I was like, I was kind of like, oh, you know, it was one of those weird days where I didn't have any gas left in the tank, and I think I'd actually texted Eric and said, "Man, I'm tired. Like, I don't think I can do it. Like, 
I don't really have any ideas. You got any ideas? And he's like, well, you can always show Ronan fighting the Shredder, the new Shredder. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess I could. Yeah, yeah. And I just kind of was like, all right, yeah. And then I don't know why, but I said, well, I might as well do it gigantic. And I yeah. did. Go big or go home. Why not? And then I got my red paint out. No, hold on. I did that one, I think, on red paper. That's what the secret was. Yeah, it was red paper. That's right. It was red paper. I remember now. Yeah. You know, those things come and go out of my life so quickly. Yeah, I, I imagine. They're created live, and then, you know, next thing you know, they're they're gone. It's it's funny. It's like that. Uh, you guys, I think we chatted about it before, mm -hmm. that the Jason versus the Turtles piece, the Jason Voorhees. Mm -hmm. so, like, I see. I see. Hanging in my kid's room. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you guys always give me a shout out, like if, if someone posted without crediting me. Like I always see Eric jump in, you know. Like, oh, hey, I'm on that, man. I'm on. I'm on that. That's Mike Ruth's piece. But what blows my mind is I'll sit and I'll take, I'll do the one thing you should never do if you're an artist in the 21st century, is you should never read the comments because you know people are just speaking from the heart. But whatever, it's uh, the conversations around how that would never happen leo would have chopped his head off and that's it it's just, yeah I, mean, I, remember, I remember i remember leo would have just chopped his head off but the thing that blows my mind is the guy's like well first of all leo wouldn't have stabbed jason because a katana is not a stabbing weapon it's a slashing weapon uh so you know the fact that he stabbed both of his katanas through makes no sense and he would have just probably taken off one of the legs and then taken off the head, you know, chop suey style, whatever. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, comics, you're going into a rabbit hole. I put this thing together in three hours with a camera on me. I had no plan and no time for a plan. I had to get it finished in three hours because it was being auctioned at the end of that show live. I didn't have any choice. Didn't think of some of the other criticism was like, why is Jason 10 feet tall? <laughs> Sorry, guys. It was drawn <laughs> real quick. <laughs> you know, uh, how come the turtles are too tall? Um, that would never happen. There's no way that Jason would ever get the drop on Leo like that. There's no way. That yeah, 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 Man, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm sitting here really looking good. at it right now and I'm just like, <laughs> like, uh, I'm, I'm just, just kind of like, guys, you know. Uh, Way oh, too, oh, way oh, too oh, serious. One guy was like, "What does Jason have to do with the Ninja Turtles?" I <laughs> <laughs> responded, "Nothing, nothing at all. Nothing, no, <laughs> not a damn." Well, thing. I mean, it, there's a precedent for it too because this, like, in that in that 2012 series, there was a character called the Creep who was <laughs> uh, basically kind of a Jason or a Mike Myers the Shape stand-in, and and he was made of like grass and stuff, and he took over Raphael, and made him all grass, but he was like. He was basically Jason wearing the overalls, and you know you hear the ch ch ch, yeah, you know. So yeah, it's a thing. Like they found a way to bring Camp Crystal Lake to the turtles. So it's you know mm -hmm. if, if you want to like push up your glasses and go um actually, you know. <laughs> you know. I just thought like the whole stabbing versus slashing weapon, and I'm like, listen, man, don't think you would know with all the training in the world. And all the dedication and calm mind in the world. Don't think for a second you would know what to do if you came face to face with the undead. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'll but, defer that question to Hugh Rookwood and, and he'll explain it, you know, <laughs> dojo style. So I'm will, so glad you guys had Hugh on the show. 
Hugh is one of my favorite people, and I'm so I can see why, man. I can see why. Hugh is awesome. I'm so glad that he got to New York this year and got to meet all those Randy and Sebo and all those fish kids too, man. Yeah, now he knows. Now he knows that he needs to go to Granite next year. And Eric Eric got him in on uh, talking about Wu Tang Clan afterwards. Oh yeah, (laughs) he was going Mm -hmm. on like I'm like, wow, he knows his stuff. (laughs) You can talk to Hugh about anything, man. You can talk to Hugh about anything. He's he's literally just one of the best people I've ever met. Yeah, he's he's he's, uh, awesome. You know, like Sebo was like, oh, I want to get you down next year, and I want to get Hugh, and I was he's like, is Hugh a good guy? And I'm like, listen. I said he was twice my size and ten times the charm. I said, uh, I said, bring, bring him, bring him down. You, your your people down here are gonna love him. The fans of the show are gonna love him. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be great. I'm not worried about Ben Bishop taking my belt. I'm worried about you. You know what I mean? I always, yeah. you know what? In all well, honesty, I could see that. So yeah, what, the reason why is because Hugh is quick. I mean, when when the coaster night was happening, I just so happened I got you. But Hugh went through five of them. Mm-hmm. Like it's not at least one or two more than everyone else on the show. He really oh, absolutely. He's, he's, he's making his money. <laughs> oh, he's quick as hell, man. He's quick as hell. He is. But what's also his stuff is he's fearless too. Um, he's completely fearless. So like you know you you got a beer coaster and someone you know you'll get these sneaky customers that want to sneak two characters on there instead of one like. You know, I'm going to do a nice headshot, nice little piece, uh, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, Hugh is going to put two characters in there, but he's also going to put a skyline in there. He might throw, like, an airplane in the sky. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he might he might just fill up that space with environment so that your eye doesn't know where to rest, you know? Oh, there you go. Nice. That's my Kirby that he did. That's brilliant, man. That's brilliant. I yeah. feel like I sent your coaster, Eric. You might show up soon. I feel like I sent, let me just double check. I feel like I sent it though. Uh, hang on a minute. That's um, a cool thing about now doing a visual version of this is that you get to see some of the cool stuff too. Mm-hmm. Where like well, the I got I got his I got a coaster of uh of Roost. But it's yeah. in a picture frame right now with one of his obscurities that he gave I me. I hope it's a Muppet. <laughs> Who, mine? Yeah, yeah, is yours a Muppet? No, it's a Ronin. It's actually a, a one that I won on a, um, uh auction that they ha- that he had on there on tags. Yeah, cool. So, I, uh, I feel like I mailed yours, Eric. I, I was going to wait and mail it with your Dodge stuff. But I think oh, I got Dodge. I didn't know you were mailing the Dodge stuff, too. Oh, yeah, I'm mailing you Dodge stuff, man. Oh. Yeah. It's coming out, man. You, you got to read them. Yeah, I didn't realize. I thought Matt was mailing out the, the oh, Dodge you know, stuff. Actually, but... yeah, you know what? Um, that might be the case, actually. Matt was going to be handling most of the most the of the US orders. Um, I was going to be sending out anyone who had um, who wanted the blank covers and anyone- yeah. Everyone in Canada and anyone who had an art reward. Yeah. Um, well, I was okay. So you might get yours sooner than later, then, man. Yeah. Because to be honest with you, my neck. The next time you guys do a Kickstarter, it's I'm going to be doing the uh, the higher tiers for yeah, it. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. I wanted to. I wanted to. I wanted to get all three of them first. That yeah. was like my biggest thing, is because I haven't had it, but I already know it's going to be good. You oh, know. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm very, very interested in it. Did so, you guys get your PDFs though? You got the PDF, I think. I, I, I think it, I think it comes with the PDF, but I'm not big on the PDFs. I'd rather you know, wait for the physical copy. Yeah, yeah, I'm waiting for the physical copy because sure. I'd rather see see yeah. it in hand. I have to check for mine actually. Now that you say that, because I, 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 I feel um, like if uh, I think everyone who pledged got the PDF, but I know like we released it for the digital backers mm -hmm. as soon as as soon as we had it in our hands. Um, but I think everyone gets. I'm pretty sure everyone who pledges at any level gets the gets the uh, the PDF. So yeah, check your check your messages or your your dodge mail and see. Um, like, does this does this ever go on like Comicology? Like like down the road, does it go there or is it still? Exclusive? I think so, man. Yeah, you know, it's one of those funny things where um, when you want to get a book published with a publisher, you have to kind of have three issues in the bag before they'll even really look at you. Uh, hmm. Ideally, you'd like to have six in the bag so that, you know, if they do pick up and run with it, then you've got some time to get seven through nine done while people are, you know, reading the story. Um, in the case of uh, Dodge, the plan was always to get the first three issues done back in 2018. And had we, because it was a four issue series, now had we done that, um, that would have been, um, that would have been a much smaller gap between Retcon and and Dodge. So it would have been a little bit more of a tighter uh, continuity in that way. Um, but due to all kinds of different circumstances, the uh, production on Dodge, we, we got first issue done in about four months, but then the second issue took me about a whole year to do. Uh, and then the third issue took about a year as well. Um, just, you know, COVID and everything else, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, it was. It's been it's been a grind. But now we have three issues complete in our in our hands in the flesh. Um, so now it's hard to say we could we could pitch that to other people. We had a home, I believe, I believe from the jump, Dodge has been kind of greenlit from Image because it is the sequel or a prequel to to uh, Retcon. Um, however, I think because of the long delay, that may not be the deal but i don't know how all that stuff works i'm just a guy that well, image has changed a lot too in that they, time they have, you know and the truth is all the companies have changed a lot yeah a lot of a lot of turnover and a lot of uh, management changing and um they yeah. unionized actually so i it, it's weird like they they had this whole thing and now i think they get to vote on the content of uh what what they produce something along those lines that's so pretty cool yeah if the, if the company doesn't believe in it and, and if it's you know and this is all kind of like post comic skate sort of thing. Sure. Cause that's, that's like really died down where it's like, Oh, we don't care. Just do it now. So yeah. You know. Yeah. Hi, this is Adam, AKA Casey Jones from Casey Jones Livewire, And you're listening to Epic tales from the sewers. Time for a knuckle sandwich, punk. No, that's uh, pretty yeah, cool. Image is still, I mean, they're still pumping out some good stuff. Yeah. Like ice cream man and saga Ooh. and like, I love Saga. Department of Saga is wonderful. Yeah, Department of Truth is fantastic. Department of Truth, yeah. Yep. Yeah, they got some great books, man. Really great books. Um, and and uh, what's the other one that's doing? Um, Someone's Killing the Children. Is that Boom Studios? Yeah, Boom Studios. That's, that's yeah. another good up-and-coming company. Uh, Aftershock? Yeah, Aftershock. And Aftershock's had a major change-up, too. Mike Marge just left. He was the founder. He just left. And um, now it's, it's, it's funny. Like... Um, when you work as an artist in the business, you you always try to keep track of where your editors are going. Mm -hmm. Or always leaving one company, going to another company. And, you know, your editor is your lifeline to the business um, as an artist. You know, you get good with an editor. You get someone you can work with, someone that you can, 
you know, read each other's language very well. Um, you want to always stick with those people. And if they move to another company, well, I want to go to that company too. And just yeah. keep an attachment there. So it's uh, it's part of that whole networking business in, in the comics. But um, yeah, uh, editor that I work with at Dynamite is now over at Aftershock. And, um, you know, the guy at Aftershock that I was working with has gone somewhere else. So um, as their world expands, hopefully mine will too, <laughs> you know, somewhere. <laughs> Like, hey, I'm gonna call my buddy Mike. Yeah, I, I do. Uh, I just try to always leave a good impression because you never know. Yeah. The guy who, you know, I always, even if I hate the job, even if I hate the creator I'm working with, even if I hate the whatever excerpt, you know, insert circumstance here, even if it's not ideal in every way, um, you, you still do your best work and you still try to leave the best impression because that person that you're working with right now could be your boss tomorrow. Or that person that you helped get published, or that person that you gave a leg up and then helped them uh, reach an opportunity that they may not have other reached, may not have otherwise uh, reached. Um, you, you know, the hope is that they'll return the favor one day, or that maybe they'll end up as an editor of a magazine that needs just your illustrations in it. You know? Pay it forward. You build a relationship out of ladders that all go hopefully someplace good. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, there's snakes. There's snakes on that board too. There's snakes on. Of ladders. course. Yeah. Um, it can it can be amazing how long the snakes can be sometimes, um, but and it can be amazing how quick the ladders can be sometimes too. So um, it's a, it's an amazing business to be a part of. But I just always try to leave a smile everywhere I go if I can, and uh, try to get my work done a little bit early if I can, and uh, try to try to beat my own expectation on the work if I can. I don't always do that, but I try to. Uh, yeah, you know. That's all you can do. <laughs> build it, build it, and build it, and build it, you know? Like building a fire, you know? So so speaking of building to something, um, have you heard anything about uh, doing any variants for the Lost Years? Man, I would love to. Um, I have heard. Uh, well, one thing I know is, unfortunately, I think the numbers, uh, the minimum numbers for the print run uh, for variant covers have been set extremely high which means your average small retailer simply can't afford to, to do that variant cover. So I think, unfortunately, for lost years, you're only going to see maybe some of the very, very big retailers uh, handling variants for, the, for that book. It was a heartbreaker for me because um, I actually had all eight covers lined up for uh, the Armageddon uh, game series. It was right when I got sick, though. And um, I was also doing a 132. 132 was due a week before Armageddon 1. And then it was just going to be the next eight months of my life doing covers for the Armageddon game run. And, uh, and I got, then I got sick and I didn't know what kind of shape I'd be in. I was so sick at one point, I didn't know how much longer I'd be here. And I, I just wanted to, uh, didn't want to, you know, put Justin on the hook for eight books. You know what I mean? Eight, eight, uh, eight series. The plan was to do an eight connecting covers uh, run, which would have been pretty awesome. Um, but it just didn't, just didn't work out. And did you have like a rough sketch of what it was going to be? I had an idea. I wanted to have each cover, the first four covers, uh, first five covers feature uh, one of the turtles in a close up. But it was going to be like. I had kind of done like a topographical map again of like what this whole thing would look like. And yeah, I had some, I had some key elements that I, that I was going to make as a feature for each cover. 
they weren't all fully realized. Um, a lot of just stick man kind of stuff. But uh, but I had an idea, and they were going to be cool. Um, but it just didn't work out. And then I was like, that's okay. I know there's going to be a sequel for Roman. I got this feeling in my gut, so it's going to be a, a prequel or something. I just had, a, had an instinct. And then sure enough, I found out that it was coming. And... Um, and then I was heartbroken to learn that the retailers that I had been working with um, weren't going to be doing that because it simply wasn't viable. Um, yeah. The cost was just so, so high. Uh, so as far as I understand it, not even Kevin Eastman or Ben Bishop are doing that either. Because really? For the same reasons. Um, I'm not sure why they've done this, but a lot of companies are doing this now too. The minimums for a lot of books have become just outside of the average person's reach. That's crazy. Uh, so it's going to be companies. I don't. I don't want to name names, but it's going to be big stores like Midtown and places like that that are probably able to do it without too much risk. But um, yeah, it's 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 tricky. It's tricky business for sure. They they um, want to tap in on that that variant market that was just yeah. like an explosion. When well, and you know that's the thing. There was an explosion, and then it sort of felt strange, like. Like the, the explosion around Ronan was so huge with so many variant covers. And I've, I've worked on a few books at Aftershock. Like Baby Teeth was one that had like 93 variants or 33 variants or something. Yeah, I saw some of those. At the time, thinking that was a big deal. At that time, I think 33 variants was the most that had been done. But then, you know, as years went on, more and more books were doing like, there was what, 93 for Ronan 1 or something like that? It was crazy. Um, it started so, out yeah, at like 72 and it just kept yeah, going. It just, it was nuts. So, um, and then it was almost like there was suddenly just too many variants or something because what, what we found were some variants weren't selling. Like books that were really hot, books that were like going into first and second and third printings uh, within shortly after coming out, you know, sold out at the distributor level, sold out at the comic book stores. But a lot of great retailers still had their variants. <laughs> Some of them still had all 300 copies still, wondering, what's going on? How come this book is sold out everywhere, but I still got all my variants? Because the regular covers were that good. Well, and, and that's the bad. And there's also just the cost of doing the business of the variant covers, man. It's a, it's a massive cost. It's a, it's a massive cost to the collector, too. Like, oh, yeah. I, I look yeah, at, I I look way at too much. Compared, I mean, there's guys out there that have all 93 issue ones of Ronin. I'm like, man, that's crazy. That's crazy. Like just the quick math on that is a crazy number. Yeah, I I, I know one guy. <clears throat> not going to mention his name, but let's just say it's over forty k worth in two years of getting all these covers. And you're, you're seeing a lot of <laughs> buyer's remorse right now too, since you're getting caught up in it. So that's yep. what people like myself like to hang out and be like, you know what? I had the hardest time finding this damn Jason Flowers cover. Then I can finally go in and get it, and I yeah. found it for ninety bucks. I'm like, yes, yeah. son of a god! Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. No, it's 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 strange. Like I found as soon as like it was like as soon as issue five came out, as soon as everyone got the copies of their books, I, I saw people just like unleashing their whole collections for. Yeah, sale. it's a dump. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, everybody was trying to dump, and to be honest with you, with the money. market just went like this. Yeah, and then so, so we're watching this happen, and then I'm thinking, the lost years, eh? How how well is that going to be received if people have already... But see, that's also getting pushed back, too, now. That's yeah. getting pushed back until January. We, we the knew first it issue. was going to be, though. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's, that's just a given. 
but it still makes you wonder like if you look at the bigger picture like if if people are i mean ronan like i'll be honest ronan got to the end got to the finish line like i feel like on on, on, a, on a wish and a prayer because of the amount of delays in between issues mm -hmm. that really could have <laughs> if it wasn't for the power of the love of the turtles yeah and you guys know what i'm talking about if yep. it wasn't for that unbreakable fandom that was going to wait, was going to just wait. We're just going to wait. It's going to be fine. We're going to wait. Okay, issue two is out. Okay, boom. You know, okay, we're going to wait for number three now. We're going to wait. Oh, it's been delayed. We're going to wait. Like two because years, right? You have to wait. You're, of course you're going to wait. It's, it's wonderful. It's amazing. It's going to be worth the wait. But not everyone operates that way. And if yep. it wasn't for the existing fandom of the TMNT universe, I don't think that any other book would have survived such delays, uh, or, or they would have had a hard time. I mean, if they start, if Spider-Man ran into that kind of issue, or Batman ran into that kind of issue, there'd be riots. You'd think <laughs> right? there wouldn't be, of course, but people would just wait because those well, characters bring their own. They bring their own magic, and people will just wait for them. I love that you mentioned Batman because that is exactly what happened with a book that uh, Jeff Johnson and Gary Frank were doing called uh, the Doomsday Clock, and it's it's amazing and and like it's when you get the Watchmen teaming up with Batman and Superman and Firestorm and all that and it's like okay this looks like like the Watchmen because Gary Frank's art is amazing and it looks like you know Dave Gibbons and it just took so long. Yeah. And I think Gary Frank like got off of Twitter. He's like, don't ask me why the book is late and all that. You know, just and I mean the books were six months late every month. And I mean, I, I was doing reviews for a company called Comic Watch at the time, and it's like we started doing the first issue, then like like two years later, I'm out of I'm out of the review business. I'm like, holy crap, we're only on the fourth issue. <laughs> like, yeah. what is going on? Yeah. yeah, I mean it's 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 it is a tough business and you know there's always the unforeseen stuff and I'm sure yeah. COVID, the supply lines and all these and, and the, the the labor supply lines especially I'm sure all these things slow down you know if you read it as a trade the story's amazing oh, the art's so, amazing oh, absolutely. it's a good book you it's know nice. it's perfect yeah but so many people are are soured on it they're like oh that book sucked i'm like it really didn't it just like the delays sucked i liked you know? it i there was some like i'm not going to say it was perfect but there well, was things what is though that right? issues work for small things like yeah the one conversation who's having a conversation with the other day i i think they did the best Rorschach, though like that Rorschach for me is like he was awesome. <laughs> oh yeah, I was actually thinking of the last Ronin uh, as a collective. Oh, yeah, how, how it reads, it, it really holds together well as a story. I thought people, you people were, were, I haven't heard name of crap too much on the last Ronin, but uh, but yeah, I remember that Doomsday Clock. Yeah, there was some. I mean, well, for it, me, uh, and for, now we know too why they left gaps. So yeah, yeah, it's like okay, this is it. It's one of those things, though, as a fan, you know, you, I mean, I've been waiting. I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. I've been waiting since 1993 for the cliffhanger ending of Miracle Man. Oh, wow. You've never read Miracle Man. It ends, it, it, it's, it's, first of all, it's my favorite Alan Moore work. It's, uh, I'm a big Swamp Thing guy, but I still like Miracle Man more than the Swamp Thing work. I, I do something about the story that's very special. Um, and it goes through massive changes, and then eventually Alan Moore jumps off, and Neil Gaiman picks up the reins and carries it through to the end. The end. So it was supposed to be like 24, 25 issues. It made it to issue 23. 
the end of issue 23, the last page, has the most brutal, savage, cliffhanger question of an ending. And then nothing happened. They never finished it. Apparently the book was drawn and finished. Apparently it was finished ages ago. Wow. But at the time, Eclipse was bought by somebody else, or there was some kind of rights issue or some kind of thing caused it to, to not be finished. Todd McFarlane ended up buying Eclipse Comics. He ended up buying the character Miracle Man, did a piss-poor job of botching the hell out of that character for a, for a while until he just became buried and forgotten. And then many, 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 many years later, Marvel got the rights to Miracle Man and said, yep. let's release them all again. And as a fan of the character, I was like, I'm going to buy them all again. And they went through all the old black and white, almost painful to read old stuff, like the old Shazam family era stuff from the from the, from the the 60s up until like the 80s, the reboot with Alan Moore's reboot. And every issue, it was more exciting. And they did all, they had Joe Casada came in and did some stuff. And Grant Morrison was doing something involved with the Miracle Man. And some new material was being drawn. But they were only little two-page snippets, three-page teasers. All the way, you kept on buying every month. And you get to issue 21. And you get to 22 and 23. And you're finally going to get the cliffhanger ending. And then Marvel canceled the series at 23 again i think after, it's back I, I know it's back okay all right <laughs> i'm gonna believe it until the books are in all right hands. okay let's <laughs> because uh because i've been once bitten twice shy i've been twice bite twice bitten now yeah yeah uh i can't believe they i that was actually the turning point for me as a marvel fan i was so angry that they had promised this big final delivery of the miracle man story and then they ended it in the exact same friggin' spot. It was like two years of collecting and getting excited again just to have the rug pulled out again. Oh you know what I, mean? I, I hate it when they break your heart like uh, that. Savage. I don't think I've bought a Marvel comic since except for blank covers to draw on. <laughs> I, I am an avid Daredevil collector. And I, I have like every Daredevil since 1987. So, and, and it's not even like my favorite book. I, I just... Daredevil's never bad to read. I never. bought that one like little three weeks the Daredevil short story about where he's having a heart attack and it's snowing. I think it was like a one shot or it was like a three or four issue thing that Lee Weeks wrote and I think he wrote it and drew it. But the whole thing is Matt Murdock is having a heart attack mm -hmm. and it's in the snow and he's got to save a little girl. And anyway, it was an awesome story, but I only think of that because I did read that. I did buy that because I saw the Lee Weeks art, and I was like, okay, I'm buying that. But I've I really been mad at Marvel Comics. Uh, I've been mad at Marvel Comics since they brought the Red Hulk in. I have my reasons. But I've been mad at them, really mad at them, since uh, since Miracle Man. Because uh, that was just such a slap in the face. So That's now totally I, hope deliver, I hope they deliver on their promise tomorrow and so then, do you watch? Do you watch stuff like Werewolf by Night? Do you watch stuff like She Hulk? Like all yeah, that kind of stuff? I haven't seen uh, a lot of them. I haven't seen Moon Knight. I didn't see. I think I saw the first half of Shang Shang Chi on the plane. I don't think I got to finish the end of that one. Um, that that was uh, probably my favorite that they've made in a long time. I, really? I think. Yeah, I enjoyed I, I, enjoyed I like that one a lot. Like that, that I saw. Um, I watched She Hulk. I enjoyed that. I'm not sure. Is that one over now for now? I think I think this Thursday is the last one. Oh, this Thursday? Okay. Yep. Um, and I watched Werewolf by, my, by Night last night. 
Um, I thought it was okay. I mean, I didn't have super high expectations. I'm like, show me man thing and show me a werewolf. I'm like, I'm good. That was nice. The man thing was nice. Yeah. I will say I fell asleep twice, though. It's only 55 I hours. I did hear it was a slow burn. You know. I was exhausted, though, so I'm like, it's not the show's fault. It might have just been a bad day, so I'm going to watch it again during the daylight hours. And it see was a I, slow uh, burn. Yeah. I, will, I will sit through it again. I liked uh, the casting for the most part. Yeah, I love um, I love Elsa Bloodstone. She's one of my favorite characters, so I don't know that she's the perfect cast for that character, but the character, the Elsa Bloodstone in my head can't be. Can't well, be. she's not. She's yeah. not um, uh, redhead, you know. So that that's that's different. And part of it, yeah. I, I do like that actress on that show, The Nevers, though. So she, I, I was I was familiar with her, and um, my uh, my wife to be points out how that's that's Jamie's sister from Outlander. I'm like, oh, oh okay, oh, oh right, okay, yeah, yeah. right, so, okay. I thought she looked familiar. That makes sense. Yeah, Jamie's but, sister. Of yeah, I I said that, dear. Thank you. <laughs> the, the Phoenix gallery. Yeah. Yeah. She uh, loves when, when we talk about Outlander on a turtle show. So. Oh, I love that. <laughs> There's a crossover for you. Turtles in time, but it's Outlander crossover. So they get to go back. Yeah. Oh, she's in. She said. <laughs> that's that's just fantastic. She's so we, um, let's see. We, we talked about um, the. Uh, the Lost Years. We talked about Armageddon game. I mean, I, I would have loved to have seen a connecting cover because I think it's been a while since we've seen one. Yeah. Um, Turtles are crossing over again with uh, the Power Rangers. Yes. You know, that, that's another yeah. kind of cool thing. Do you... Um, are you excited by these crossovers coming up? Um, well, you know what? Uh, any Anything that's going to give work to other artists and other opportunities is good for me. Like... Uh, I always feel like it's um, what's good for one of us is good for all of us. So if, 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 uh, if this, the turtles seem like a very busy property right now. Oh, yeah. All kinds of turtles, monthly books. Out. And I think that's great. But I think it also, in terms of the variant market, it makes it a tricky thing to navigate uh, from the making end of things. Um, just in terms of what to go with and what not to go with. I saw someone today post a connecting... TMNT one thirty two with Armageddon game one. Oh, well, if I had thought about that, that would have been that would have been something to connect with uh, that because it's all the stories connected. So mm -hmm. um, that would have been a good one to do. I hadn't thought of that, so I saw that today. I thought that was pretty clever. Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm loving the story so so far, and um, like the inclusion of of Jenica and and um, I know she she was somewhat controversial, but Venus and all that, and it's like mm -hmm. when you get to who she is and how she was created and all that it's like she's not actually the sixth turtle you know so mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of kind of interesting so it's mm -hmm. like yeah it's a punk frog that's not actually a turtle all right cool yeah. <laughs> that's true yeah yeah, yeah it's pretty uh, interesting it's uh no it's, they're doing some amazing stuff that was another cool thing i got to meet tom waltz at the uh at the Grand State, Grand State, which is really cool. So. That is that's a dream for for me, just so I could pick that man's brain about like, yeah. like how do you, how do you, how do you? Yeah, I, I had the belt on my shoulder, so I, 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 I probably just looked like a weird fanboy, you know, at his table. But I, uh, I brought I brought a couple of my variants, and I was just like, "Would you sign these for me?" And he was like, "Sure." And I'm like, "Those are my covers, by the way." And he was like. Oh, oh, what? Oh, hey. And then you knew who I was at that point. So that that's was, cool. Uh, 
He's, yeah. he's probably another huge Motorhead fan. I, I've seen him. He's he's always uh, ripping up some Iron Maiden. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he got Maiden last week, I guess. Yeah, that's uh, pretty cool. Yeah, so I'm, I'm hoping to get to chat with him some more. Jeez, we should get all you guys like like we'll get you and Freddie on at the same time. And we'll get oh, I should yeah. do that next time we, if if we get Freddie back on. You know, oh, sure, man. Yeah, that'd be fun. Thought, yeah, you guys can just talk about like like art supplies and like what do you, use, you know. And we'll just be like sitting there like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah, I'm just gonna sit here, that. just enjoy the show, just let you guys run it. <laughs> I I just think it's funny because Mike had said that he wanted to be two things, either an artist or a wrestler, and I'm like, I was a much better wrestler than I was artist. <laughs> yes same here i uh i was a terrible wrestler i wanted to be good i was terrible I, terrible in high school terrible 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 um it wasn't what i wanted um i wasn't going to be an athlete it was it was very clear uh in the uh, early years of my uh in my 20s it was like okay that was that was probably a misaligned dream, but uh, we can pick up our pencils and we can still keep on working with paper and, uh, you know, draw yourself as a world champion. There you go. Um, there, there's all- a lot of comics out now about wrestling. I, I met like three or four of these guys in Chicago and they're doing these like on the road comics and all that. Yeah, no, it's incredible. There's a lot of, uh, well, um, my friend Andy Belanger, actually, uh, he does a, a comic called Mother Trucker. Which uh, indie That's comedy. A cool name, <laughs> and he actually became a pro wrestler. He actually, you know, I think he started training when he was like thirty-five. He's about forty now, I think. Um, he's been training as a pro wrestler because he wanted to write a comic book about this this mother trucker comic book, which is about uh, wrestlers who wrestle, but their trucks are part of their ring. Like their trucks transform into their into their ring environment, and then they like. Mm fly from planet to planet and challenge other space truckers basically to wrestling matches <laughs> wow but he wanted but to, to feel to, even though it's such a fantastical crazy story for him to feel authentic about it he decided he wanted to learn the business and became a pro wrestler so now he's uh bob the animal anger uh and he uh wrestles out of montreal and, that's amazing uh, he's got a mask and a gimmick and he's he's won championships and the guy is just having the blast, man, and it's all all in the pursuit of making his comic book more authentic. Which I just oh think, wow, that's I just awesome. that was, I just think that's incredible. But but yeah, there is a beautiful new uh, um, series it seems of wrestling comics coming out a new a new wave. It's it's a whole genre, and it's not it's not like hokey. It's not like here's Ric Flair, here's his life story, here's yeah. him winning the WCW belt. It's it's not like that. That duo like, powerbomb is uh, is unbelievable. That that crazy that comic book is crazy. I yeah, a powerbomb, right? Yeah, yeah. The first issue blew my mind, and yeah. I, oh, I love the gripping family tragedy of it all. Like it's got this really like whoa, heavy story. I picked up one the other day. Um, a buddy of mine actually got it for me um, called Hell Is a Squared Circle, which is a prestige format size from AfterShock, which looks really interesting too. And it's really weird because wrestling comics always weirdly have struggled to survive in the market, which always felt weird to me because to me, wrestling and comics really walk hand in hand. They, they I think they assumed that they were not readers. Sorry? I think they assumed that wrestling fans were not readers. Maybe. Yeah. Um, you know, I just think about some of the books that they had, like they had like an Undertaker comic book and Mankind comic book. I've got the Mankind signed by Mick Foley. So I, I, Chaos one. Comics, uh, man. Yeah, Chaos Comics. That's right. Yeah. 
But you know, they just didn't have the grip they could have had. Yeah. And like the comics that came before that, WCW tried to do their own line of comics for a while. They had the amazing Ron Wilson drawing the comics. I love that guy's work. He's a huge wrestling fan. Um, he used to draw the Marvel Two in One comics when I was a kid. And he draws. Oh the, yeah. Okay. Like no one else. He's my he's my favorite thing artist. Um, that's but that's pretty much what I think of when I think of two in ones. It's usually it's yeah. like oh this is thing and someone else. Yeah, that's what they were pretty much yeah. every issue, right? So yeah. But yeah, he drew some D, some WCW uh, wrestling comics back in the day, and I mean they were kind of terrible, but they were but they were amazing. Like a whole comic book that's just Ron Simmons versus Cactus Jack. Nice, it's just, it's just a comic book, <laughs> blow by blow. Like what the hell? Like that's amazing, you know. Um, anyway, so he did some, but they never really you know took off like they could have. I felt um, so. It's really cool to see the stories that are happening now, but they always seem to have a little bit more of a supernatural edge to kind of really gather in those comic book fans. Yeah, yeah, I, I um, see that. There's one called Thunderbolt Holt, which I have done uh, artwork for, a uh, variant cover artwork for, which hasn't seen the light of day. It's been pitched to a lot of different companies, and the story is fantastic. I love it. Um, just a fantastic story. It's kind of a spoof on a like, guy like a Ric Flair type guy who's achieved such great, incredible... He's done everything he can do in the world of pro wrestling, and then he gets captured by an alien ship. Because they think he's a warrior, you know what I mean, and then the, he has to go and wrestle all around the universe and stuff. Oh my God, that's like Flash Gordon, right? The main well, Flash Gordon is probably more legitimate as a football player, right? It's gold, and I don't know why. It, I, it's one of those things. It's like, why isn't this? Why isn't someone turned this into a cartoon or something? It's there, so there's good. so many great ideas out there. No. Yeah, we're swimming in them, and that's what that's the competitive aspect of comics. It's so difficult. It's like I said, I've been working on Dodge since 2018. We got three issues done. We're gonna have a fourth issue done this winter because it's getting done this winter, and you know, and then we're gonna have a finished story that then maybe we can shop to, maybe we can take that to Image and say, okay, let's make a graphic novel now. Let's let's go to, you know, try it. At Boom, we'll try it at some places because I mean, it's it's solid. And you know, when it comes time to doing the the four issues, I'll probably do go back in and you know remaster some stuff like uh, tidy up some pages, make some. Stuff that could have been more dynamic, more dynamic, or more exciting. Um, you know, do that final Maybe a show. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, there, there's good, there's good publishers out there, and like the independent oh, yeah. publishers and all that right now. And that's that's where a lot of my interest is, like the books from Source Point and AfterShock oh, and, yeah. and, awesome. and Boom and IDW, like like all of these. And there, a lot of them are getting away from some of the stuff that they were in and just going completely independent like like if you, i don't know if you've ever read ice cream man but that is crazy oh, yeah. cuckoo nut stuff it's brilliant man it's and, brilliant. And, like what is this it's some sort of mind-bending horror oh, you know? i did that cover for issue 25 no what issue was it 13 can't remember what issue was it. oh Shit. i didn't know you did an ice cream man yeah for big That's fantastic comics. and the comic was Oh, it couldn't have been that high. I think it might have been issue like nine or something. I can't remember. I'm going to go look it up. Yeah, it'll be on the big country page anyway. But uh, Oh, cool. Um, the story is about a man who's in a plane that's crashing. And he's the only one that knows it's crashing. And he's the only one that cares that it's crashing. I and saw a crashing zone like that. And it's, yeah. like, it's like you're reading the comic and it's riveting because you're like, fuck. <laughs> like, this is yeah, like, what's going to happen? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, that does remind me of oh, Mall Rats, yeah. though. 
it's uh there's some things you just don't ask <laughs> i know i love the format of that comic book though i love that it's kind of like just it's almost got like a creep show kind of vibe it just kind of yeah yeah the concept and then lets you run with and play with the concept then it gets a little bit weird you know what i mean which is okay because it's, it's not as silly as uh tales from the crypt and it's not as like sci-fi as like an outer Limits. so i think but, creep show is a good yeah yeah, yeah, creep yeah. creep show two to this day is the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life with, with that moss <laughs> that came out. It's I don't know what to tell you about it. It was this guttural thing and it just oh scares me. Left an impression, right? I mean, yeah, uh, yeah it's absolutely uh, it's, I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I there was something about the thriller video, Michael Jackson's thriller video when I saw it is a legit scary video. When I was eight years old, there was a couple things that I just could not abide. I, I had to run the other room. You know, <laughs> love the song, love the love the werewolf bit, but uh, yep. yeah, there's some zombie stuff. I just my my eight year old brain couldn't handle. So <laughs> those those uh, sucked in eyes and all that, like the cheekbones and stuff like that. Oh it's yeah, just, yeah. It was just a triumph that whole video. But yeah, there was some. All depends, I think, when you're when you're aware of fear, you know, and it leaves an impression on you. Yeah, it's so it's not on there. It's not on there anymore. You might not have it anymore. Oh yeah, it might be. Gone. But I yeah. do remember seeing it on there, but I couldn't remember which one it was. I had him riding a ice cream cone, like uh, um, what's that character from uh, Slim Pickens? Yeah, yeah, Slim Pickens. Okay, you got the hat off, and he's he's riding the only instead of a rocket, it's an ice cream cone. So, oh, that's that's cool. It was kind of fun. Yeah, it was. A, I loved the cover. It was a lot of fun doing that cover. Uh, and the story was just creepy as hell. It was great. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I just. I like 25. It. Number 25 it, 25. it was. I thought it was. Okay, yep. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah, that was good fun. It's it's that's neat too that to get to go back and remember that stuff cuz like you said this stuff is like in and out of your life, you know. Oh yeah. You may not remember like, oh, I did a cover for, you know, this, but Oh, it's know. weird. I I I was going like when I was putting together um dodge and stuff and then going through my computer and finding old files like finding old sketchbook collections i had made for shows like back in 2014 2013 2015 like just little collections of whatever commissions i did that year whatever made it into the sketchbook and uh i only could back in those days like you know could only afford to like print 25 you know copies of, of stuff like that back in that back then and i don't have any physical copies left uh so it's kind of funny but uh yeah, it's, it's neat, you know. You find, like, weird characters. You're like, oh, wow, I can't believe I did that character. Oh, yeah, I had so many things that I developed that I just um, still have so many things that are developed that just never never got the, the time and attention they need. Um, I had a comic book with my wife that we were working on called Widow's Wake, which was a Viking horror story. And it really, where that one went wrong was we had a very cool little eight-page story that was like a little horror movie trailer we really should have just released it in that format little eight page teaser of a book but you know when you start looking into the cost of printing and stuff and you start to realize well if we're going to print a book for eight pages we might as well flesh it out and make it 12. well you know how much can we sell a 12 page book for? well maybe we should just make it a full-size book and then you start all of a sudden having to expand out and build a world around and create padding and cushion cushioning for a part of a story that you want to tell which is important, but you need to flesh out all these pages or extend the scenes and make them longer. And then all of a sudden nothing's getting done because you've realized you've strayed from the form. You've strayed away from what it should have been, which is just a little snippet of a story that maybe people would have liked and wanted more. And then from there, we could have started building a world around. 
So you need to do an anthology book. That's why if, if yeah. you have those and, and you put it, it's like, like Hellboy books, right? Yeah. Like the, the, the first, the first issue of Hellboy has like three Hellboy stories in it and they're like two to four pages long each. Yep. So it's it. like, oh, it's Hellboy's it. here. He's at a gas station. He fights a giant dog. He wins. That's yep. it. Yeah. You know? get a couple of those, then you're good. That's the thing. And then, and then that's, I think, the format we eventually settled on for that was that rather than just tell some big story where we have to have all this history and, and all these important events that, that tie it together, why not just tell little stories and let people just kind of figure out what universe is taking place in, have, have enough common elements that they can just kind of build their universe themselves. Maybe it becomes a universe that the fan lives in instead. It doesn't really exist. It's just stories in a place. Yeah, um, we, need, we need more of that. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what I think. Yeah. yeah. So we're, we've talked about having our own magazine, like, like, um, just having, like doing our own printing imprint anyway, because we live in the age where it's possible. Kickstarter has proven that. Um, and, you know, when you start to get into the fandom of the Turtles and stuff like that, and now you get, if I can get, the, if I can get all the Turtles fans to like Dodge, you know, yeah. and I can get a whole other, whole other fandom happening there. And um, I think a character like that would fit well with the, with the TMNT community, you know, in terms of what they like and, um yeah anthropomorphic so, bears yeah yeah you know and i have i have some stories i want to tell like i have a kind of a wrestling story that i want to tell and i have um i would like to finish widow's wake i'd like to at least start it and actually get the like i think i redrew i i redrew more pages than i than i drew you know like i would i draw like the first three pages and then get to page four and decide like nah i don't like the way this guy's helmet looks but it's on every page, so I have to redraw every page. And so I would just kind of <laughs> I couldn't get my wheels under me. And it was a stalling tactic because I wasn't I wasn't hundred percent congruent with what I wanted the story to be. I, I was I was all caught up in what I thought it had to be. Um, Jeez, I, I would love to see you tell a Viking story. <laughs> oh man, it's, uh, yeah. It's, I, I don't think that come natural. Yeah, that's, yeah <laughs> well, it's, it's been in development for a while, but it's one of those things where when I started doing it, other people started doing Viking comic books, and they were pretty good. And I was like, I don't know if I, mine are going to get noticed in the thrust of all these awesome comic books. Like, I loved Northlanders. Brian Wood's uh, comic Northlanders at Vertigo was amazing. Um, and then there was also um, Ivan uh, Brandon's comic book, um, Vikings, which was which was great. And then there was just, yeah, there's been some Viking stuff. Ragnarok, which, which was probably yeah, a little Ragnarok was, Oh, I loved Ragnarok. And again, Ragnarok was amazing. Still in, same, yeah. still in the same kind of area. Um, so yeah, it, you know, it's definitely, there is a Viking story in me that's going to be told for sure. Um, and um, yeah, I have another story. I have a character, I have a character called Uncouth Ruth that I've had since I was, you know, in high school. And uh, I, I've been developing him for a long time. And uh, I, he's been a D&D character. He's been a character in other role-playing games. He's been a character in every wrestling game that allows you to create a wrestler. Nice. Uh, he's <laughs> in every, every platform of play that I've been able to create for myself. Uh, so I feel like uh, that story's got to get told as well. And that's, you know, when once Dodge is completed, I'll have some, I, I'm going to maybe take a break from doing interiors or I'm going to jump right into doing another story. Um do something else while I wait for the next script for Dodge because I think we've got more Dodge stories to tell. We just want to get these four issues knocked out and then just see where it takes us. See, I was wondering about that. Mm -hmm. I was wondering because I mean, you guys are talking about four and then it'd be done and I'm like there's gotta be. If it with, you know, with 
the success that you guys have had, you know, you know, first one, he's always going to start out rough. And now that you guys seen, you know, issue three and how the Kickstarter just went, like yeah. you guys started at this point, and it was like, okay, this, this is a whole nother level. Yeah. And oh, we've really grown it for sure. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, I know the great thing about, about the Dodge story, the retcon universe is like, like I said, if, if the adversary is not defeated, then it reboots again. We go somewhere else. We do the same story or the, the same story components take place in a different world, a different setting. Maybe Dodge will be in this one. Maybe Dodge will be the bad guy. Maybe, you know what I mean? There's like a moving of chess pieces that happens. I think, um, I'd recommend anyone listening to this if they want to read something really cool. I believe you can still get it on Comicsology. Uh, I'm not sure if Matt has them for sale on his website. You might be able to go to mattnixon.com and find them there. But Retcon was collected in a trade paperback at Image Comics. And it's a beautiful, beautiful production. Four issues. Gorgeous book. Amazing story. Introduces a lot of big ideas. And um, introduces Dodge. And, um, you know, uh, Dodge is going to be in a similar, like it's a different, again, different stylistically. I mean, there's no way anyone can follow what Toby Cypress is doing. He's got a very unique style that it's just one of those, he's like a guy like Temple Smith or a guy like that. They just do their thing and no one else can do what they do. You know, it's he is a riot. Oh, yeah. Way. Temple Smith. Oh, yeah. Temple Smith. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Ben's, Ben's a party, man. He's a, I love that guy, man. I, I think I spent an hour with him in, in a Chicago show, and and he is the 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 funniest, most sarcastic. Just oh, sort of. I'm like, wow. It's just. <laughs> He's a savage. I love him. Yeah, it's it's really something. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, oh, you're gonna come over here and buy that. <laughs> with this thick accent and all that. You're gonna buy this? No. Okay. Go on. Be going with you. Fuck off. You know, yeah, I'm like, man, he was great. He's really good with his fans. Yeah. He's really good with his fans. And he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's fun. He's, um, we've, we've had, we've had him here before. Uh, we've stayed at his place before. We were at his wedding, uh, in 2015. Oh, wow. Yeah. We drove down to Chicago for his wedding. And, uh, that was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, man. Yeah. He's a, he's a guy. I haven't seen him now since 20, 2018, I think. Yeah, I had just finished issue one of Dodge last time I saw him. He came up to Hamilton, Ontario, for a show, and I visited him at his table for a day. And I think we might have had oysters or something that night. I can't remember oysters and whiskey or something like that. It seemed to be. A thing. <laughs> oh, that sounds great. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, no, no, Ben. As, as long as you don't get the oysters here, you know, <laughs> in Chicago area. Just yeah. I, I tend to avoid them here. You know, I'll, I'll go out like. You know, New Hampshire way, like like sure, yeah. maybe not New Hampshire so much, but like uh, Massachusetts or anything. Yeah, you're in you're in Chicago. I, I am. I'm in the Chicago oh. area. So oh, yeah. cool! Right on. I love Chicago, man. I, I actually applied to C two E two this year. I um I hope I get in. I'd love to cool. go if I uh, if I get in. Um, it's never a guarantee. Um, but yeah, it's a great show. It's one of my favorite artist alleys. If if, if not, maybe the best artist alley. It's such um, a comic. It's such a comic centric audience there because it, it is it is like pop culture too, but it's so comic themed, and, yeah. and it's like people are there for comic artists. And oh, it's yeah. really cool. Yeah, it's it really is a unique uh, unique art alley experience for sure, for the fan and for the other. They also give you so much space, like to get there and have an eight foot table. But what yeah. I love, what I love about the McCormick place is when you're setting up, you drive your vehicle right to your table. 
Like you're driving, you're driving through Artist Alley in your car to get yep. to your table to load your table, and then you drive away. It's, I've never been to a venue that size before. <laughs> it's cool. it's utterly impressive, and, and it's funny because it, it like connects to Soldiers Field, yeah. you know, for like the Bears fans and stuff like that. The Bears yeah. are still oh, playing here technically. Place you know, is um, it's just massive. It's, it's, yeah, it's it's so I've never seen so many human beings in one place at one time <laughs> as the C two E two in in um, like twenty twenty. The, the oh, one I was mentioning with with Jim Lee. I, I remember it's it's the insane. last Comic Con. It kind of was, yeah. It was, it was yeah. Jeez, I wonder it if there's going to be a documentary on that. Yeah, point. I wouldn't be surprised, man. It was honestly, it was the last one, and I remember, uh, whew, I remember people coming back from that sick. Yep. And I, I was wondering, that. like, it was just the first of its, you know, the first super spreader event or whatever. But I remember not going. I think it was comic crud, which is or, or con yeah, crud. Con crud, which you know I, I've been able to avoid. Thankfully, I don't know how. Knock on wood, I've been able to avoid that so far. Because I can. Yeah, we got to keep you healthy, man. <laughs> yeah, some, for sure. We're gonna be yeah. sending you some vitamin C packets. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I've, I've had some major, major health changes for sure uh, to adjust to COVID, having had COVID, and then everything that happened after that as well. Yeah, there's some. Um, Daily effort is being made. I promise you, it's uh, yeah. good. You got to take care of yourself, man. It yeah. was it was a triumph to see you using that uh, positive COVID test to draw something. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was fun. I actually got some pretty good lines out of that thing. You know, I was kind of impressed by it. But, uh, <laughs> uh, man, it's marvelous. Like it's it's so easy talking to you. I I, I love oh, it. Yeah. I mean, we're we're just about at the two hour mark, so you know we'll. Jeez, um, I, I know, right? Like it's, it's I, I, yeah, that's well, crazy. You know what? If you guys want to go a minute or two in overtime, I'll do a quick sketch for. Yeah, you. yeah, of course. If you want? Yeah, I mean, no, I I don't mind. I just you know. here. Uh, we'll see if I can get. Oh no, oh, that's my settings. Hold on now. Uh, this is where Mike tries to figure out how to use his computer. <laughs> right. and I'll I'll there hit you go. with a question. Uh, <laughs> in the meantime, um, sure. since since you've got Usagi Ojimbo here. Um, with Usagi going from IDW to back to Dark Horse, where it originally was, does that affect you at all in terms of uh, like getting covers? Oh man, well, you know, the truth is, um, some of my very first work uh, in comics was at Dark Horse, but I'm sure most of those um, editors that I was working with are gone now. I was working, um, they may, they may still be there in some capacity. Um, but they might be gone now. Um, so I'm not sure how that would work. I would certainly love to reach out. You know, I was so pumped up after, um, let's see if I can get this on the screen here. I was so pumped up after Granite that I literally came home, uh, and, um, and just had to like take a day to just stop and reflect, uh, about how lucky I was and, um, how fortunate I am to be able to do what I do for a living. And um, I immediately was just kind of like, you know, the market's in a strange place right now. You know, the whole variant cover business is in a weird place right now. We don't know what's going to work, what's going to, what we can afford to do, what we can't afford to do. You know, everything's a risk. Everything's a real challenge. And so I came back and I said, you know, I'm just going to start applying for work. I'm just going to start going right to the publishers. I'm not going to wait around for variant cover jobs. I'm not going to wait around for retailer cover jobs. I'm going to go right, right to the monster's mouth and say, let me in. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm going to do this. 
And so I did. And I was actually able to make contact with some publishers I had never contacted before. And um, crazy enough, I heard back from a few of them. I, uh, I can't say who yet because I don't want to jinx it. Believe me, if anything comes out of the things that I applied for, you guys will know because you'll hear you'll hear me roar from 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 way up here in Canada. That's fantastic. You will, you will hear it where you are. Um, but you know, all you can do is start the conversation and hope for the best, and hope that you've your your reputation and your you know your professional attitude is one that will uh, will will lead you to to better opportunities. And uh, I don't know, man. I was so pumped up after the love I got at Granite. I realized, like, what am I waiting for? Like, I I, I need to get out there and you know and 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 just just take those opportunities ask for those opportunities nothing's going to happen if i just sit here hoping that they're going to knock on my door one day i've got to go out there and make them happen and so um so yeah i was really lifted by my experience at granite and it changed me and i feel like uh i feel like i'm a different Maybe a second breath yeah really that's that's a good way of putting it i feel i feel like a different person a little bit i i saw people who didn't know me before I got there, who treated me like they're like family, you know what I mean? Treated me like they they couldn't wait to hear what's next. Like I got people just waiting now. They want they want to get pre orders on Dodge Issue Four. I'm like, guys, I'm still drawing that book. Like <laughs> we're, we're we're a few months away, but like the enthusiasm is incredible. Like it's incredible. Um, yeah. My hope is that maybe next year Matt Nixon will join me uh, at the show. Um, maybe he can come. Uh, great. I only say that because as crazy as it sounds, I've been working with Matt Nixon since 2018 on Dodge, but do you know we've ever never actually met? Hmm. Oh, no way. We've never actually met. We've been collaborating with these characters since like for, for going to be five years come January. And uh, <laughs> we've never met. We've never even talked on the phone, man. Isn't that oh, wild? Wow. That is weird. Isn't that wild? What and it was before, weird. like we we started doing this before either of us were really getting into the whole like video chat kind of deal, right? So I'm not even sure that's the thing that Matt does, to be honest. But yeah, man. So so that's all very interesting, and I feel like it'd be really cool to have him show up at Granite or another show, and we could table together. Oh, sorry, I want to get that on the screen. I feel like it's not even showing up on camera, is it? It is. We can see. <laughs> it is a little bit. I'll show we once, just can't really see like the it's depth. The glare, of, yeah. Once the yeah. ink goes on there, let me see. Maybe that is that yeah. a little bit better, or is that worse? Well, as long as you, I, I don't know yet. This <laughs> way, I'll turn the light. This yeah, way. I think it's just you got uh, some light lines, is what it is right now. Yeah, they're just light lines. Maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. Then closer? yeah, I can see like a tad bit of dark. All right, we'll see if I can get a little bit closer here. All right, now I'm going to use my ink so it'll show up a little bit better. Um, oh, that now I can really see it now. Yeah, okay. There we go. Yeah, I don't know. Sorry, I'm not Good. sure where I'm going with that. <laughs> but uh, I know that you were talking, like he's talking about a scrapbook. Like, I know that you've been doing the whole uh, Inktober. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's been uh, all turtles lately. Yeah. And no, you go a lot. I talked to the guy that last night about. Uh, he was like, "Man, I want to get a commission done by him." And oh I was yeah, like, man, you got to stand in line. <laughs> man, that's the other thing. Since granted, I've had something like two hundred new followers on Instagram. 
Mm-hmm. And I don't even know that they're granite people necessarily, but I just I, I have to mark the fact that like these people sort of jumping on after granite, and um, it's uh, it's kind of amazing. So yeah, I, I noticed that the past two weeks. Every time I pick up my phone, every time there's a there's, there's, there's like a bunch of new followers. Like it's it's mm-hmm. kind of crazy. So yeah, no, it's it's all good. Um, and I love that Yusagi. He looks so good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, this one I don't know. I always love that cover and uh, the one that I'm doing this this homage to. Like I always love that cover, but I uh, I wanted to do something cool to uh, to mark it. So I added a little after Stan Sakai at the bottom because I didn't want anyone to think that I wasn't you know trying to be I wasn't trying to be disrespectful or anything like that. Um, homages can be a tricky thing, you know. You don't want mm-hmm. you don't want to trample on anyone's uh, anyone's stuff. But I always love that cover. And I wanted to do it with the classic colors uh, with Leo in the red because I, I you know, I just kind of wanted, like, I thought it'd be cool to go to Granite with this thing that, like, old Turtles fans will know. They'll, they'll recognize that yeah. old cover, but they, it'll, it'll, it'll seem familiar, but it won't be exact, you know, um, yeah. with, the, with the red. And, uh, yeah, although the weird thing was I thought for sure that I was going to sell out all of these prints at Granite. Because everyone was like really excited about it and stuff, and and you know I sold eight of them at the show, uh, which I was still very happy with. Like I'm not going to ever complain. Like a sale is a sale. Like it's 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 amazing. But um, but yeah, I, I had a I had this funny feeling I was going to sell a lot more and I didn't. So um, well that's okay. That means I've still got some left over for some, for some other shows, and one of your viewers will get one uh, when I'm when I when I'm finished this today. So I was um, trying to think of the of the. Uh, prints that I bought at the show, and uh, one of them was uh, Mr. Simon Bisley. So, oh yeah! So I, I went over and I, I said hi, and you know what? And man, it was it was interesting. He was just an interesting character. Oh, and, and Simon, yeah, larger than life. Oh yeah, and, and just like getting to sit back and watch him interact with like the like his handlers and his family that was there, and like the fans that come up and all that. And I'm oh, like, yeah. oh my god. He is so punk rock. It's awesome. I always say, you know, Bisley is like Bisley makes Lobo look like a like a like a Boy Scout. You know what I mean? Like the real Bisley lo- makes Lobo look like a Boy Scout. But then um, there's elements of Bisley that are he's such a sweetheart too. Deep down, he's so good to his fans, and he's he, such a he kind, really was. Yeah, he's such a kind person. Uh, and he's um, when he's when you see him at shows in America, yeah, that means he's there with Bob Shaw. Who was um, from Comic Art, Art, Art House? And Bob's one of my favorite people in the world. He's an awesome guy. Um, is he a skinny dude? No, Bob's Bob's a beardy guy like me. He's a, oh, he's I didn't a, see him then. Okay, I, I he's saw a Bostonian as well. He's uh, he's um, like ready. <laughs> he's a good he's a good cat, man. He's a big uh, he's a big um, uh, Black Sox fan, Red Sox fan. Uh, <laughs> he's a uh, yeah, he's a he's a good cat. Um, but yeah, he was there, and so he he I think reps uh, Simon at American shows, and also uh, Mark Texiera, uh, and a bunch of other guys too, wow. probably. But uh, yeah, I'd love to be at a show with those guys and just just to hang out with uh, Biz and Tex again sometime. The, the the two of them eclipse each other with their danger. They are so. Like they are, they are two wild dudes, man. Like two big wild dudes. Like uh, it's so awesome to see them uh, interact with their fans. They're just, they're just amazing, just amazing. 
Sorry, I'm sliding all over the place with this. No, you're you're doing great. I forget that the camera yeah. is really good in a couple of spots, but uh, freaking killer, dude. Oh, thanks, man. Just that little amount of time, man, and you just uh, you know, you just, it's just practice, right? Like uh, you get like kind of a memory for it and stuff. But uh, mm-hmm. I gotta That's come up with something today. I uh, I have to do my my eleventh uh, TMN Tober drawing. Uh, today after this show, so I'm gonna have to. Uh, this doesn't count because this has to go. Whatever I draw has to go in the book. So yeah, I'll tell everyone who's watching that project that I'm doing right now is my my Inktober project. Every year, my wife does Inktober. Well, her version of Inktober, which she does, uh, called Stupid Animal Hybrids, where she <laughs> will basically do uh, a mixture of animals. Um, sometimes it's animals and plants. Sometimes it's just different kinds of animals mixed together into one animal. This year, she's doing the horrible house pets edition. Oh, so she's like taking like <laughs> classic classic house pets, but then mixing it with an animal that is like just not a good mix. You know what I mean? Uh, so she's got some really cool stuff coming for that. And so I was inspired by her doing it every year. It's been a couple of years since I've done the uh, the uh, October drawing event, so I decided to do uh, turtles this year. Um, and yeah, man, it's been a lot of fun so far. Um, I'm not sure what I'm going to be pulling out of the tank on this one. I'm not sure. Like, uh, I could sit and draw Splinter every single day. Like, I, I love um, Splinter. You did. He's. Like, uh, he's I, I could do the whole thing with just Splinter and and uh, Usagi all day long. Because I mean. Those ones have gotten my biggest response so far. But what I love about Inktober is it gives me a chance to just literally explore different possibilities with ink um, and, and do some do some sketching like um, like the ballpoint sketches I was doing. Because they're, yeah, those are freaking crazy. You know, what's fun about them is there's no pencil sketch underneath. So you just kind of have to accept what you do. Like you just kind of have to that accept. Gorgeous. That is freaking um, sick, though. Is, so these are just small, right? These are just little six by eight pieces. But I want to let everyone know, like especially if the Bish kids or any of those guys, any of the Turtles fans who are watching this, me do this all month. Um, so these pieces are all going to be for sale, and the idea is I'm going to put them all for sale at the same time out yeah, of my shop. Um, and I'm going to do um, I'm going to do a collected sketchbook. With all of this artwork in it as well. Yeah, yeah that, this is um, crazy. That that Raphael, there he is. The Raphael <laughs> one, I'm just like, oh my god. <laughs> Thanks, man. It, so, like, all of them are freaking sick, though, man. Like, well, I want to try to outdo myself each day. That's the plan, right? I got to try to start beat like like today's triumph is is going to be yesterday. You know, has to be like yesterday's failure. You know what I mean? I I need to keep on moving forward and, and always doing better and better work. They're not all going to be like that, but I'm going to try. And Dude, um, why don't you try out like some Tokar and Razor ones? Or, oh yeah, man. No, or, there's gonna be some. There's gonna be a couple of deep cuts coming. I uh, I was, I was like, actually surprised that I that I did a, a Splinter already twice. But there's something about Splinter that just it's it's like uh, I don't know. It, it's just he's one of those characters that just feels good to draw. He just you just feel better after drawing, and you feel like you've you feel like you've actually gained some wisdom. And like he's giving you a message or something, you know. It probably sounds crazy, but there's uh there's something about drawing that guy that, that I feel that a- absolutely. Know. Um, so yeah, that's that's the plan. And so yeah, so it's gonna be so what's gonna happen is these gonna be sketchbooks made. They're, I'm probably gonna only make a hundred of them, to be honest with you. I'm probably gonna keep it super limited. 
I'm going to assign and number them all. I'm actually going to print 101, I think, uh, because we're going to do uh, special, uh, some special stuff uh, with them. Some of them are going to have a remark option available. Some of them are going to um, just be straight up just a regular sketchbook. But everyone who buys one of the 31 original pieces will get a copy of the sketchbook as well as part, as part of the purchase. So it's going to be kind of included with the cost, basically. And um, yeah, so the first 31 are going to be signed and earmarked and put aside for the uh, for for those first 31, first 31 customers, you know, who buy the original art. Um, and they're going to be reasonably priced because, uh, I don't know, man, I'm just feeling good. And I want to give people a chance to buy this. The only problem I, is... I, I, I want that Raphael. <laughs> I... Uh, I have to figure out the best way to re release them all at the same time. The last time I did one of these, it was a little bit tricky. It was back in 2019. And the reason it was tricky was because I am just not really skilled on my whole website control. What I had to do was I had to basically disable my shop for the first 10 minutes before my sale launched so that I could go in and launch everything and then basically uh, – turn my shop into like non-disabled mode and then it was you could refresh the page and then you could go and buy the stuff but i know there's going to be people who are waiting to buy it as soon as it releases and i don't know if there's a really fair good way for me to do that yet so i've got some time to think about it i may do uh i may even do a whatnot uh release with it i'm not 100 sure um i haven't done whatnot yet but i've been approved as a seller on whatnot so i might i might try that um, I had thought about auctioning the pieces, but some of them, you know, might go crazy really fast. And I don't know. I was kind of seeing these pieces as being in like the 125 to 200 range, like maximum. Like I really don't want to go too crazy on that. There's only 31 pieces. There's not a lot of them. And there's going to be only 100 books. So it'll just be a nice little tidy project that I can kind of work on after I get all my Dodge stuff shipped out this month because that's what this that's what this month's all about for me. The Dodge books are going to be in the mail in my hands tomorrow, and then I'm just going to be in pure fulfillment mode for the next uh, several weeks, um, which is fine. But when you're a one-man mailing crew, it's a little bit tricky. <laughs> uh, it's, a lot, it's a lot of work for one person to do. Mm -hmm, uh, and I, I'm not saying I'm one-man because I know Matt's covering his end on, on the state side, but I think I've got about a hundred pieces of mail that I got to put out, and that's uh, that's a lot of work. So um, that's I just feel bad. I've got a poster I have to send out to uh, Mr. Doss. So oh yeah, <laughs> it's coming, Travis. It's coming. I swear. Oh yeah, right on. Yeah, yeah. I have a couple of pieces from uh, granite that I never got finished. I have a request for a guy who wanted a robin. Um, and uh, he did me a big solid. So uh, before I left, so I want to uh, I want to make sure I take care of him. And um, also, Eric Smith wanted a, a Krang. He wanted an Android Krang. He's a, one of the Bish kids. Yep. Uh, so he's got one of those coming. And um, I think I took like one or two little pieces of homework home, which I never do. But uh, again, I was in such a I was riding so high uh at, at granite that those guys could have talked me into just about anything they wanted me to do I was, uh, <laughs> I, I was i was feeling i was feeling really good uh just all around and you get uh, john asking you about some april april projects that you probably should oh have god let's not get into <laughs> yeah, the april project. we just mentioned john i have one for john i had yeah. to, 
I have an apron for John. I love these yep. guys, all of them. I, I That's love them, what they do, what they buy. <laughs> I know. I love how specific they got. Like, I love, I love that. I, I, I'm one of those guys too, man. You know, like I, um, I, one day I'm going to get to meet like Ron friends. I'm going to get him to draw me a blast star and it's going to be the greatest day ever. You know what I mean? Oh, that's cool. I collect sketches of blast star and thundra and I haven't treated myself to one now in a long time because there's been no comic cons. Right. Uh, but now that they're coming back, if you got any at granite, did you, did you ask? No, I didn't get, you know what I did get though. I bought a couple of books. Like I bought, um, I bought uh drawing blood. I bought the, um, radically rearranged Ronan ragdolls. Um, they had only a few copies of those. Um, I picked up a couple of indie books. Uh, Bob had some of his stuff there. I picked up some of Bob's stuff. Um, Bob, is it Bob Chasik? Is that the, how you say his name? Uh, the, the dog book, right? Was, yeah. Yeah. Is it good boy? I, I forget. Yeah. I um, yes. I, I, yeah. I have the little promo book he made around here somewhere. I got a whole pile of, of granite swag, he some great stuff with that. And uh, oh man, yeah, I'm excited about it, man. He's got some cool stuff coming. He's just a super nice guy too. I'm really happy he's going to be joining us on tags. Um, oh, is he really? Wow, I didn't know that. Oh man, man. I, didn't, I don't think I told you guys that. So yeah, spoiler alert. Uh, granite ended up being uh, awesome for so many reasons, but but one of the main things was, you know, getting to know Randy and like Randy is just, you guys know, he's one of the coolest guys there is, but Randy decided to get in touch with Stefan mm -hmm. um, uh, from tags. And so now we're going to have so many of the granite dudes are going to be coming on to tags now. Yeah. And you know what? Randy was like, listen, you guys don't have enough shows on the roster. You get a couple more shows on the roster. I'll fill them up. I'll find people for every week. So we had to cancel last week due to some technical issues. So I just so, so there's going to be a tags this week, a He-Man themed tags. But um, Randy basically said, if you guys go weekly before the end of the year, I'll be able to fill that show every week with artists because we got guys that want to be on the show. And sure enough, nice. we are going to be going weekly on tags wow. uh, for the winter months. And um, you're going to see a whole bunch of Turtles artists on this show, man. It's gonna yep. be it's gonna be wicked. I'm super excited. Um, yeah, I'm I'm super super excited. I, I'm I'm I I was really lamenting the fact that I didn't get to know everybody down there so well. And then when I came back and I saw the tag schedule, and I was like, all oh, these granite guys are on the tag schedule. So uh, pretty excited, man. Pretty excited about that. There's gonna be some entertaining stuff coming up soon. So I don't know how well that's showing up on camera there. That is freaking ridiculous. There's a Usagi face on there. And yeah. I, I love that character. I, I, I don't know how you guys want to raffle it off or what, but if you guys, one of your viewers is interested in this, uh, I'll let you guys sort out those details. But I'll be happy to mail it to uh, whoever wins the prize, man. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm is that the special yellow paint? This is the special yellow paint. Yep. I'm gonna, <laughs> I had a little bit of uh, red. Yeah, no, the yellow paint was a gimmick that I used to use at Sketch Battles in Toronto because they didn't very often have the ace, the, um, you know, or whatever show I was at. I would always do my sketch in black and white ink, but then I would get my bright yellow paint and I would paint the background to punch the character out and kind of cut them out. So, like, you know, you'd have this character and all of a sudden the whole background would just be this glowing field of bright yellow. Well, that means from the back of the room, they can see that drawing. 
because black and uh, yellow is actually weirdly in, in printing higher contrast than black and white. That's why you'll see a lot of books on the spot. The spine of the book at the bookstore will have yellow and black because it's visually uh, more attractive to the eye. That's why a lot of safety stuff and hazard signs are in yellow and black because the contrast is stronger. Uh, so that's why I do. That's why I bring yellow paint to the sketch battle. <laughs> yeah, see, I'm I'm like turning my head because I'm trying to like look. I'm looking at. I'm looking oh, yeah, at I'm it. Now, now we gotta turn upside down. Yeah. Man, slanted surface. That's so crazy, and he did that like in like ten minutes. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. Well, listen, uh, this is for one of your viewers, but like you, each of you guys, give me a request, and I'll uh, I'll draw these up and send one of them each in the mail for you. I got some stuff heading you guys anyway, um, but I've I've got uh, yeah, and I think I never sent you your Usagi remarked copy, uh, Justin. I meant to do a Usagi with Leo's sword. Did you get that one? Did I do uh, that? Did I dream about it? You dreamed about, I guess. I dreamed about it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> he's Damn. got he's got my Asugi book. Too, oh, okay. so. yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, yours is in that batch of books you sent me. Yeah, I put the Asugi. I put every every book that I had of have of yours. I sent it to you because oh, I'm like, you know, you let me know what the tab is later. Oh yeah, yeah. No sweat, man. Yeah, I meant to get to them like in the last couple of weeks, but you know, to be honest, like. Oh man! Since we got home, I've just been like, you know, I'm gonna go at my own pace here and just kind of let. I'm not even. I'm not even stressing about it. Oh no! I know. I know. You guys are cool that way. I know, for sure. It's like the loony. Like I say, you have an obscurity for you too. So whenever you, you know, that's for you to make some money. I'm gonna hang on to that for a little while, I think, man, and I'm gonna do something with it special. Like, yeah, I. uh, Yeah, there we go. That's awesome. And I will find this crazy man. I'm gonna be honest with you. Whatever you want to put in there, you put in there, man. All right, man. I'm, How about I'm, you, Justin? I mean, I'm if if I get to pick, I was gonna pick a splinter. <laughs> a splinter? Oh yeah, you got it, man. I'll put a splinter in there for sure. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure. I'll draw whatever you guys like, man. Absolutely. Yeah, see, I'm <laughs> I'm for whatever. I don't even care. Yeah. Like, all right, man. I'll draw. As long as it's turtle related, I'm cool. Yeah. <laughs> I got something funny I'm going to draw on a Usagi remark. Um, one of my Dodge supporters asked for uh, – he pledged at the um, the Usagi level, which got him a remarked copy of Usagi included with his copy of Dodge. And um, he just asked for something turtle-related. Um, so I'm going to actually draw another frozen crane, like clinging onto the back of the little uh, the little stone uh, gargoyle in the snow <laughs> with like, an arrow sticking out of one eye. I think it'll be fun. It'll be but good. It's definitely gonna be fun. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah we, we're um, we're doing a another in, in our Facebook group, uh, Epic Shells. Every year, one of the big things that we do is a costume contest. So oh, okay. this year, I've gotten some uh, some artists I'm, I'm talking to and stuff like that, and we're trying to get some comic sketch covers and all that. I just got oh, one right. of them in. It's uh, uh, one of the the turtles uh, dressed up like Frankenstein. So between oh. that and, and I've got like a mutagen man, so it's gonna be like a big prize year. So hopefully we're 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 gonna get a good turnout. But um anyone listening, oh, join that. Um, uh, you know, still got time. <laughs> oh yeah, no, absolutely, uh-huh. absolutely, man. Yeah, I'm into it for sure. Well, that'll be good. The, thank you for that. I mean, like that oh, was so hey, cool man, to no get it in such a polished little version, too. Oh, that was you amazing. Know what? 
the remarks are fun. And it was actually um, Nick Bradshaw gave me the idea. And he said he's kind of got tired of always being bogged down with doing commissions at shows. Um, so he decided to just limit what he was even going to offer. And so he just does these prints now with a remark window on them. And he's got prints them on nice paper so you can draw in whatever kind of material you want. And, uh, yeah, you know what? The Usagi was an experiment. Um, I, I thought I was going to sell out of it. I only sold eight of them. But you know what? It's okay. It was like you have to try things. You have to try and see. Absolutely. Um, the dice. You know, everyone gave me a good response for it. Everyone loved it. You know what I mean? Not everyone bought a remark on one, but whatever. That's fine. But you know what? Like, it was an homage cover, too. Maybe the next time I try will be an original piece. Um, I want to try some different things this year. I want to, you know, I've been I've been limiting myself, I think, for too long in terms of what I'm going to offer at shows. I think I want to open it up a little bit. Um, and, yeah, I mean, doing remarks was really kind of bite-sized fan attention, which was nice. I was able to move through a lot of customers, and everyone got a little piece of me. You know, it was... It was pretty cool because sometimes you get to a show and on a Thursday night you get three giant Thor commissions. <laughs> yeah. That's your whole weekend. You know what I mean? Because between trying to talk to people and catching up with people, it's just hard to get any drawing done. So mm -hmm. I just kept my head down and kept on drawing all through all through granite. <laughs> I had no choice. Oh <laughs> it should have been an extra two days for the show, right? You know. Yeah. You know what, man? I never wanted that show to end. Honestly, it was it was so great. And that first day when we were in that special little room, I mean, it wasn't great for the other artists, obviously, who weren't able to get into that room. I don't know what it was like for them, but for me to be lucky enough to be included with that batch of, of guys like um, Eric Talbot was in there. Another guy I didn't get to chat with, but I love his work. Oh my god! I just saw something that he posted on Instagram today, and it just blew me away. And I was like, "Damn!" I saw some of the commissions that, like, I think Randy lined up for a bunch of people for those, like, Santa Luco and for for Troy Little and for a bunch of guys. And man, just top top level stuff. Santa Luco, that that guy uh, is unbelievable. Um, his commissions just ripped my head apart. I I, I couldn't believe what I was looking at. Um, one collector. I think he's done more uh, interiors for the turtles than any other artist on IDW. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, his stuff is such high energy. He must have some kind of animation background. I don't know much about the guy, but I just watched him draw, and I was like, "God damn, this guy is a monster!" Like, his mm. uh, his just just crazy. And then like um, Michael uh, Collector, a TMNT collector, you guys probably know. He brought the big rooftop scene that he had Santa Luco do like the four boys on the on the rooftop unreal like I got to hold that piece in my hands at my desk and just like shaking my head like I can't even believe what I'm looking at here that's crazy um, yeah just just really high level artists like wow just just amazing I don't know that's why I know that that sketch battle had to be fixed because no, <laughs> no, way, no way I can draw better than those guys, man. And I, I saw him. And I, I mean, they're great, and I love Mondo Gecko. He's one of my favorite characters, and I'm like, still, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, and Eric Klaus, what a cool style. Didn't know, didn't know much about his. Uh, didn't had never met him before. What a what a cool style. I love the way he draws the Ronin. I love that. I love that. I don't know what it is he does, man, but he does something no one else is doing. And uh, and Chris Vance. Uh, Another just a solid, solid artist. He had done these beautiful sketch covers I saw there. 
and he had done the, the zipper tone he had used, like the half tone screen stuff on it, which is the old school, you know, tonal work on it and stuff like that. Like just, yeah, it was cool. It was it was nice to see other oh, artists just doing those old school techniques and. Yeah, man. Can't say enough good about it. My only regret is that I didn't get around and get to chat with everybody because I could have just been a fan. I could have gone there and just want, blended in with the crowd and just been a fan and left my table empty all day because it was just so much cool stuff to see, you know. And, I mean, Rich Horn had his whole collection of the uh, oh, Turtles yeah. negatives. Yeah. And being able to see those things in person, like, holy moly, man. I, I And then, like, the history lesson. That guy is just, like, a history giant. So, you know, he's talking about how these things were used and he's showing where corrections had been made with red tape. And I remember wow. that in high school, like using negatives for film and stuff and how you had to use a special red tape to correct yep. for black and things like this. And like just just really neat little stuff, like little details that only only the old fans would even notice, you know. But uh, but to have a guy who's so knowledgeable and that somehow he has those things in his possession is just unreal. It's just one of a kind from uh, from David, uh, who is uh, Kevin's right hand man. So I mean, we we had found out about it, and and after after that, I mean, and when did we talk to David? Like last year? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin's right hand man, David. Uh, David Wynn. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. That's no, a good guy. Tentacle Ten Comics. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, I guess Rich Horn is the guy who did all the variant covers for Ronin too, right? Like all of the the, the blanks, like the obscurities and stuff. Was that him? Yes. Oh, that makes yeah. sense. Okay. Yeah, he did. He did the security, uh, security one, one and one and three. One and three. And, yeah. yeah, he did for one and three, and there's a secret one now, yeah. but it's not really secret. It's the platinum metal. Ah. And those are a arm and a leg. Oh yeah, I think he wants like ten thousand for the Ooh. set. Wow, for one and three. And there's, I want to say, there's between eleven and thirteen of them, or something like that. I can't remember. Wow, but they're expensive. Oh, and that's yeah. that's not. You're not even talking about CGC books, right? No, this is just raw. Yeah. Wow, man, crazy. Uh, one thing I wish I had gone to New York Comic Con to get, although I think I've got some set aside for me, uh, Bob Shaw, who I mentioned earlier, he was there with Biz. Uh, so New York Comic Con saw the release of the uh, re-release of um, Lobo, the Last Zarnian, number one. Oh, no kidding. A brand new cover painted by Biz. And the thing that I've been waiting for forever, a blank Lobo cover. Like yep. with the classic blue chrome logo dropped on in blue, blank logo cover, beautiful paper. I'm super excited, man. Wow. I yeah, I've uh, I've never seen a blank logo, even like new oh. fifty two, all that stuff. Not been one. They never made one. This is it. That's then, cool. To have it be the reprint of uh of issue one of logo, like you know, biz and uh um yeah, just just too crazy. Dude, just, I, I have like Lobo socks. You know, it's like <laughs> like I roll deep. <laughs> you know, I may actually wear them at my wedding. I, I don't know, but <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. That's that's pretty crazy. Oh but, yeah. Um, man. With that, I gotta I gotta cut us short here. Oh, I, I yeah, mean, we sure. we could talk to you forever. I mean, it's oh, yeah, I'm, absolutely. I'm shut up, man. No one should ever give me a microphone. I uh... 
I did a podcast the other day, and like I, it was a, called the Questionnaire, which is coming up pretty soon. It's really cool, a lot of fun. But uh, it was funny because you know the co-host didn't get a word in edgewise, and like you know, <laughs> at one point the host was like, "So what do you think?" And he was like, "Well, you asked the man a question, and 15 minutes later he gave us the answer, and then you asked him another question." You know, because <laughs> so, <laughs> I was just kind of like, nah, 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 nah. anyway, yeah, it's I, good. Like, it I, makes for it makes for good audio. Well, yeah. you know what? We could have done a whole show just about granite. We could have done two shows about it. It was oh yeah. Well, I mean, good. Um, but no, I really appreciate you guys having me. It's always good to hang out with you guys. And uh, yes, it's been too long. Have me. Yeah, on. no, I I agree. It's, we'll uh, probably do it a, a, a sooner next time rather than than we yeah. Have. I think yeah. we should. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll definitely we'll definitely tie one on when we uh, when we get together next year at Granite. Oh yeah, it's, uh, uh, I'm gonna need you guys. It's gonna be trouble. Uh, I've got. Oh, it's gonna be I've bad. Got, I've got you know, Chris Campana. I got all these guys coming after my belt now. So uh, I got Stephen King coming after my belt now. I mean, I met yep. up and coming Stephen King, another favorite of the show, Stephen King. Mm. Man, that guy's got fans too. He does nice work too. So. Oh, it's such a vintage mirage feel. <laughs> yep. it, you just reminded me. I, I sent him a message last week. I, I have to get back to him. Thank you for reminding me. He's going to be coming on tags. Stephen, oh, great. Stephen, yeah. when he's watching this, he's probably going to be like, why are you telling everybody this stuff? But <laughs> yeah, tags is coming back. There's going to be a bunch of guys from Granite on it. It's gonna yeah. Be I, I was mad, actually, because by the time I got to the schedule and saw all the different Granite guys on there, they're, they're on weeks that I'm not on. Oh no! I started taking my names off of certain ones and crossing them, and then putting my name on other lists. So I'm like, I want to draw with Chris Vance today. I want to draw with these guys. So (laughs) it's like major league pitching. I'm hijacking hijacking the schedule now. Well, good. Probably going to see me on every week now because I I just know I signed up for Event Horizon. So I whoever I get is great. I just love Event Horizon. Oh, that's fun. That'll be fun. Yeah. So that's I I got the the signed poster here. Oh, so I'm ready to go. Uh, we want people to follow you on Instagram at Uncouth Ruth. Follow yeah. you on Twitter um, at Uncouth Ruth. Um, and uh, what, what's the website? So I've actually been putting a lot of work into my 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 main website, which is just MikeRuth.com. I'm going to be having a newsletter uh, sign up page soon because I'm not oh, sure. Great. I'm not sure what social media platforms I'm going to continue with going forward. I'll probably. I mean, I'm on Facebook and Instagram, but I'm getting super annoyed by Facebook these days. Uh, yeah, I'm wondering about going to more of a newsletter style format for me. Um, I'm not sure yet. My wife's been helping me build the website though, and it hadn't been updated in like two years. So now there's a whole bunch of like current work on it, as well as a bunch of pages from Dodge. And um, so people can find me on that website. I also do have a shop, it's uh, mikeruth.bigcartel.com. I still have t shirts and stuff available, and I have um, you need that turtle t shirt. I should make one. I know. Yeah, yeah. I'm feeling a little bit less um, <laughs> afraid to do that kind of stuff now. I've always been a ask permission first kind of guy, but um, I'm seeing what people are doing with turtle stuff. I'm seeing what people are getting away with, and no one seems to be calling the police on those guys. So uh, I'm kind of wondering about some different things I could do with the turtles going forward. Like I honestly felt a little bit weird doing the Ninja Turtles and uh, Usagi homage cover because it kind of felt like, I don't know, I didn't really get permission to do this. I'm not allowed to sell posters of my Ronin covers, which you'd think I'd be able to do, but I'm oh, not. Yeah. So it's kind of an odd ground to walk on, 
But I just think um, I'm taking a bit of a risk probably doing my Turtles sketchbook. But again, this sketchbook is going to be dedicated to the fans, to guys like you, to, you know, to, to Eastman himself for creating this fandom. It's just a small thing that I can do as a daily distraction. But, uh, you know, it's going to be a cool thing that everyone's going to like at the end of it, I think. you know. Oh, definitely. We get to celebrate if, Turtles. If you get a hoodie... Turtle one. Oh yeah, I, I, I want, I want, I want, I want a preview of it before you decide to put it out to anybody. Put it out on your website, and I'd be like, okay, I get first dibs. Is it going to front or the back? Oh yeah, front of the it, back. yeah, the front of the back for the hoodie. Mm. That's the question of the ages. Right I mean, there. you can do a wraparound if you want. Yeah, you can do like the zipper okay. cut ones. You know, yeah, yeah, we could play with some ideas on that for sure. Damn. Definitely want to do some stuff. Uh... Late bulb. <laughs> hey, that's 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 like the uh, that's like the thought provoking question that we've asked tonight. But um, for uh, for everyone listening on the uh, podcast on the audio, you can stay tuned for our pizza recipe. And uh, otherwise, we're gonna say goodbye to our folks on YouTube. And uh, we want to thank our guest again. Uh, thanks for coming on, Mike Ruth. My and, pleasure. Uh, we will catch you soon. Sounds good. We'll see you then. Be good. It's pizza time. And now, in a segment that we call Pizza Time, where we discuss any Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle or pizza-related food, I give you Pizza Time. Welcome to your Pizza Time. For some reason, talking to Mike Ruth made us hungry for bacon. And you know what Eric always says, the more bacon, the better. That said, here is our Pizza Time for today, our recipe, the BLT, Bacon Lettuce Tomato. What happens when the world's most awesome food meets a killer sandwich? A totally tubular pie, Natch, makes one 12-inch pizza. Ingredients, cornmeal or flour for dusting, extra virgin olive oil for brushing and greasing, four slices of thick-cut bacon, chopped, one-pound ball pizza dough, homemade, or store-bought, five slices of American cheese, two medium or ripe tomatoes thinly sliced, fine sea salt, one quarter cup of mayonnaise, one half heaping cup of loosely packed shredded bib lettuce. Lighten it up, dudes. You can use whole wheat pizza dough, turkey or vegan bacon, low-fat cheese, or low-fat mayonnaise. On a baking stone or steel pizza peel, place your baking stone in the middle rack of the oven and preheat to 500 degrees Fahrenheit for at least 30 minutes. Then, turn the oven to broil. Dust the pizza peel or inverted baking sheet with cornmeal or flour. On a baking sheet, preheat the oven to 500 degrees Fahrenheit with the rack in the middle position. Lightly coat a heavy-duty rimmed baking sheet with olive oil. Step 1. Cook the bacon in a medium skillet over medium heat for 5-7 to seven minutes, stirring every minute or two until it begins to crisp at the edges. Remove the skillet from the heat and then transfer the bacon to a paper towel-lined plate to drain. Step 2. Stretch or roll the dough into a 12-inch disc and place it on the prepared pizza peel or baking sheet. Step 3. Brush the dough lightly with oil, and then tile on the cheese, followed by the tomato slices, then sprinkle bacon over the top. Step 4. Shimmy the dough from the pizza peel to the hot baking stone, or transfer the baking sheet to an oven. Step 5. Bake until the crust is golden and the cheese begins to brown in spots. About 6-8 to eight minutes on the baking stone, 10-15 to 15 minutes on the baking sheet. Step 6. Remove the pizza from the oven, and then let it rest for 5 minutes. Then, sprinkle it with a pinch of salt. Step, step 7. Scoop the mayonnaise into a resealable bag and then snip off the piece of the bottom corner. Step 8. 
Pipe the mayo in a zigzag pattern over the pizza and then scatter the top with lettuce. Slice and serve. This has been your Baconator Pizza, the BLT. Cowabunga, dudes! Thank you for listening to the Epic Tales from the Sewers podcast. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were created by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. This podcast has no affiliation with Eastman, Laird, Mirage Studios, IDW Studios, Archie Comics, or Nickelodeon Studios. This podcast is a member of the Dorkening Podcast Network. Check out thedorkening.com for other podcasts. Epic Tales from the Sewers is recorded by Justin Cooper and Eric Will. Hi, this is Francois Chow. I am the Shredder from Secret of the Ooze. And uh, it's been a pleasure for me to talk to Justin and Eric on Epic Tales from the Sewers. It's been great, guys. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. We have very active lifestyles. It's not all wandering the countryside aimlessly or scaring passing motorists. And we all love a good cup of joe. And there's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds Coffee is my guilty pleasure. Bold. Robust. Delicious. It's coffee that can wake the dead. <laughs> With over a dozen different roasts and flavors, Deadly Grounds can satisfy the most finicky of coffee addicts. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Door. Oh, they're so disgusting. Greetings! We are the Retro Reductopus Cephalopodcast, a bi-weekly show that celebrates all the things that made growing up awesome. He's right! We wax philosophic about lots of geeky crap like old video games and movies, toys, cartoons, I don't know, help me out here. Music, pants, quoting video games that don't have dialogues, shabibers, Tasty news. Unnecessarily long Japanese onomatopoeia. Butt breathers. Uncomfortable nature facts. Or how to install a samoplange. And unlike all those other podcasts, we at Retroidocubus have an exciting rotating host schedule. Do we? We sure do. So if you didn't like the guy flapping his gums this week, like me, worry not, gentle listener. Next week, we'll have a whole new host. Of problems. Hey, they might still suck. But they'll suck differently. And you know what's really cool? Retroidoctopus is part of the Dorkening and Inebriar podcast networks, with new episodes every Tentacle Tuesday. Which is like every other Tuesday. We named it. Anyways, you can listen to us at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or any podcast player cool enough to carry the only show that celebrates all things that make growing up awesome.